Hello, folks. Welcome to Marvel Noise. I'm your host, David Price. Thank you for joining me today. You are going to hear uh, from Kevin, Dan, and Andrew Shaw, and they're going to talk more about uh, Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I can tell you personally from firsthand experience, well, first of all, that, that Marvel Unlimited is is a great service, but every so often I'll get uh, texts from Andrew uh, telling me that um, he just finished reading a series that uh, he would not have read were it not for Marvel Unlimited, and, and that makes me smile. That uh, it, It's a great thing. Um, I would like to see other publishers offer something like Marvel Unlimited. You don't have to... Seriously, I mean, there are times where sometimes you just want to read the story. And, you know, I mean, if that means I can read some old issues of Deadpool without actually... Um, Owning the issues, having them take up space in my home or on my hard drive, and so be it. Um, I am a huge fan of Marvel Unlimited and do recommend it. Uh, Steve, Kevin, and Andrew are going to continue their Thunderbolts uh, rundown, and uh, Steve has a recent reads where uh, Kevin and Andrew, uh, noticing a pattern, they're going to talk about uh, the death of Wolverine and Thanos, uh, the Infinity relativity original graphic novel um and uh and a few other things so they're going to talk about that i'm just going to kind of be here to say hi uh this weekend was san diego comic-con i um you know aside from hearing uh big things about there was the star wars behind the scenes trailer there was some deadpool stuff going on you had the age of apocalypse folks there were it seemed to have been a really, really good weekend. Uh, so you can find announcements, news regarding uh, regarding the con, uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, some of the things that I read that I would say you might enjoy: um, Squadron Sinister Number Two, continuing the uh, well, it's continuing a lot. I mean, there's there's the Who Done It with the uh, Iron Thor and there's the uh, the whole traitor in the midst, and and what exactly is Nighthawk up to? Um, and we had the Frightful Four and some old school New Universe 1.0 characters um, showing up. There's uh, I did read Lando, the new title from under the the Star Wars banner, um, which wasn't wasn't bad. I understand it. That's not a glowing recommendation. Um, I don't know. It, it just, it read weird to me. Um, you know, I'm all for finding more about Lando, uh, type of person he is, um, hanging out with Lobot. You know, I always just figured Lobot was, uh, there at Cloud City and that was pretty much his connection. Um, to Lando, but apparently no, they, uh, they go back a ways and it's, um, it's nice that Lando has someone like that by his side or, or in his life. But, um, you know, at times it seems as though if there was no bad luck, Lando would have no luck. Uh, but I'm going to stick with it for the next issue or two, see where it goes. Um, really, I've just been kind of just kicking back a little bit for the summer somewhat. Um, haven't read uh, as much 
as I would have liked to the past couple of weeks. Things have just been a little crazy uh, at home and at work. But, um, you know, there's Daredevil, there's Inferno number two. I did read Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. Didn't know what to expect with that. It was, uh, that was good. I, um, I'm not currently, or I wasn't reading Captain Marvel prior to Secret Wars. Um, so I'm not too familiar with the, uh, with her, her flag gals. Uh, but the, um, that was, that was interesting. Cause there was, there was a neat little twist at the, uh, the end of the issue and, and, and the Thors pretty much, they, they tie in more than you might think at, uh, at first blush, but there are some secret wars issues that I need to get to. I have the second issue of a force to read. I have some, uh, age of extinction and, um, and, and that's where I will be going once, uh, once we're done with this. So I'm going to let the guys do their thing. They're going to talk for a bit. Uh, you're going to have some time to spend with them. And, uh, that is pretty much it from me. So, uh, Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Welcome back, Marvel Noise listeners. It's just as like lightning Thunderbolt segment coverage time. Marvel's most wanted, uh, the segment that doesn't have a consistent name. But we're consistently plugging along. This is our Thunderbolts coverage with me, Andrew, the L.A. Rabbit, coming to you from Los Angeles and up in the now no longer cold north, Kevin, Rowan <laughs> X. <is> true. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, Super Steve, holding down things in the bunker. Hey, guys. For those of you unaware, the Thunderbolts segment is where we've been painstakingly going through the Thunderbolts <laughs> original 1997 hit series, and we're up to the mid-50s. We've covered some of the side tie-ins, some of the crossovers, and uh, it's been a fun ride. The genesis of this was Kevin is purportedly a big Thunderbolts fan. I jumped on in recent days, in the, I believe, probably the Jeff Parker era, some era like that, and relatively recently, and Steve was a mix. So we decided to have a bit of the old, a bit of the new, and uh, something borrowed and something blue. And, and but we couldn't, our language we, won't be blue. We couldn't reveal until now the whole purpose of doing this. Now that our purpose <laughs> is clear with uh, seeing that Citizen V is on the teaser image for the post-Secret Wars Marvel Universe. Now you can see what we were getting at all this time. Good thing I started that uh, Thunderbolts Tumblr, tumblrbolts.tumblr.com before that information came out too. We're on the cutting edge here at uh, Marvel Noise headquarters. But, uh, Kevin, do you want to give us our rundown of the current Thunderbolts lineup? Sure. For the Redeemers, we have Baron Zemo, a.k.a. John Watkins III, as our Citizen V. Leva as the Beetle, not not the one from Futurama. <laughs> uh, Norbert, the Fixer. Haley, Jolt, she's a leftover T-Bolt. Charlie, Charcoal, another leftover T-Bolt. Scream. Sonic Being, Conrad, Smuggler, Dark Force Dimension, Valerie, Meteorite, Flies, Special Suit, and our ex-Thunderbolts, Melissa, Songbird, Sound, Carla, Moonstone, Phases and Blasts, Abe, Mac 2, Flies when he has a suit. 
<laughs> Clint, Hawkeye. Jail's too good for him. Eric, Atlas, still gone. Ogre, poor, poor Ogre. Are we going to count um, Baron Zemo and Dallas Reardon as honorary Thunderbolts that need an update? Uh, we'll get to them. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see where we're going. All right, where we had left off, we're uh, starting into issue 55. It had been revealed that hidden deep within the chamber, Ogre had been watching the the HS1 was for uh, Homo Hummus Sapien, (laughs) (laughs) the uh, long-lost character from Foom that was part of a character design, the winner of the 1973 Foom Create a Villain Contest. Yeah, he gets and, a circle. Um, so 2001, Kevin was wrong. He thought every month they would add a Thunderbolt to the circle, I think. That's what he was going for, but it <laughs> doesn't happen. And the team had been turned over to Citizen V, who is Baron Zemo, and who had took over the body. You can tell because now Citizen V's purple. <laughs> in, a, in a mean-spirited way. And we still have the Redeemers operating out of the base. But um, we're promised that this... Uh, HS guy, he's the real deal, and he's going to extinction-level superpowers. And it's quite a a fetching cover with uh, glowing green eyes and a green background, and uh, Citizen V's mask is uh, skull-like on the top. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. It should always be like that. It looks (laughs) awesome. And we have our regular crew, the main big three, I guess you say, Nicienza, Zercher, and then Veyon Inks. And we've been rotating some of the color and lettering duties amongst the, you know, comma craft. And then in this case, the colors are VLM. So is Huma Sapien like an Omega level mutant then? Yeah, he, he, I think he never had the opportunity to be categorized because he was specifically hidden away from Charles Xavier by uh, Ogre and company. Yeah, it just reminds me of a lot of other, like mutant going bad stories like, they, their powers always get out of control and like something happens to them or they're locked away or some crazy thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a cliche, but yeah. here we here we go. It's the 90s. Oh, well, ooh, it's now the 2000s. 2001. In particular, his, his uh, superpower, um, he's in, in connection with the Earth and the life force of the Earth. But the problem is when he taps into that, it um, he's typing in the life force of all the people on the Earth. And so the people... Some people randomly die whenever he reaches in to use his power. Ooh, maybe Graviton could be one of them. No, Graviton's going to save the day and save the Earth from Huma Sapien. That's what I think, guys. I was thinking, too, that when I was reading along, like, this power is very similar. It would be a good matchup against something like Graviton. With that subplot that's been building, Graviton's been marshalling his forces under the you know, uh, with having an advisor in Moonstone, Carlos Ophin, and then he has his lieutenant, his alien-looking armored lieutenant as well. Yeah, and uh, then Plant Man's going to be uh, Huma Sapien's lieutenant here because he feels the Earth, too. I, I also, it sort of reminded me a little <laughs> bit, it felt very X-Men because uh, I thought of Sauron, too. As yeah. like a, yeah. a villain in the same kind. I mean, he was more you know, retail versus wholesale level, but I like that kind of drain other people's power. Yeah, he was vampiric in his life force, and remember that was the whole thing of Sauron, was how do we get a vampire through the comics code, which was no vampires at the time. You make an awesome dinosaur 
<laughs> vampire weird savage land mutates. <laughs> but in the scenes where they show various people just dying randomly around the globe, um, the Arabian Night from the original Contest of Champions. Yeah, I, I don't know if I knew back then. I'm just like, well, that's kind of weird. This this guy's on a flying carpet, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's one of those stere- stereotype heroes. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, exactly. I think that's why they were knocking them off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know if anyone cared when they killed off the Arabian Knight in here. There were a couple of times though where he was used, and I'm forgetting where. Uh, I wish I had looked it up, and one of these days it'll turn up, and we'll, we'll have to go back and check it out. But there were times where the Arabian Knight like popped up almost unnamed and was like kind of badass and was pretty cool, uh, but not most of the time. Yeah, and that seems like a legacy character type of thing you can do. In this. <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna get back up on yeah. that carpet. <laughs> Well, didn't he show up? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think there was a Union Jack limited series where he might have showed up. Sounds possible. I was going to suggest Fables is where he showed up. (laughs) Whoa. whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So Humus Sapien has broken free of the pod finally and been revealed, and he's broken free of his bonds, his shackles, and he's now free, free, free. To kill the, uh, I almost said Thunderbolts, Redeemers, and everyone else on the planet. It's a lot of him walking around Silver Surfer-esque, lamenting his situation, yeah. too. Who am I? What am I? The Earth is crying. Should I help? But I'm I human. What am I supposed to do? It's like Wood God from the 70s. My goodness. But when they have the big double splash page uh, with the credits and the title page and have the names... Well, they almost do a, a, as good a job as you do, Kevin, in giving the roster and the explanations of the characters. Uh, and it's funny that they did it that way back then because now it's, you know, done. It's almost expected to be done that way in, in group comics. But when you get to Hallie Takahama's name, I, I can't help but read it like it's Hallie Larry Hama. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Especially with the double L's in her first name. It's like, I don't know. And her superpower of writing G.I. Joe comics, too, seemed like a nod to the great Larry Hama. And you know who, who else is like Huma Sapien? His scream is just alive and looking down at all the possibly dead redeemers. And he's like, who am I? What am I? Do I feel anything? Was I dead before? Did I like being dead? How was that? Is this just like the writer's playing around with now we're not going to have thought balloons anymore and how is this going to work or what? That's what I'm feeling like. I, I'm feeling like it's, well, how would this work if like you're really thinking a lot? Or like maybe it works better than, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Because <laughs> we're only a few months in since we since we dropped the, the thought balloons. The well, one with know... charcoal and his dad where they just colored the <laughs> capture boxes differently for their thought balloons. Mm-hmm. Well, you know yeah. Thunderbolts is kind of out of step with new Marvel at this point. Even though this title gets kind of violent, it's still kind of a classic book in like a new Marvel era, so there's, I don't know, I kind of wonder about things like that too. I really enjoy uh, Zercher's uh, tech also when on the Fixer particularly. It's so, it's so not Kirby tech, you know, um, but it's plenty techy all on its own, and it's yeah, you know, nice and fake techy. And he's tech? got the the cool kind of robotic arms that grow out of his backpack thing that make it kind of fun, <laughs> like the little. Like the um in, in Civil War, Spider Man had the similar sort of except his were a lot more thin looking. 
And you know, when Citizen V wakes up here, he, one of his points on his mask is all like broken and messed up. Yeah, you can see how it's a uh, it's shattered, like it's a uh, you know plane of fiberglass or something. Yeah, it's cracks. And then we get a cutaway to Graviton has a new outfit, and he's about ready to launch his. Carla's you know fooled around long enough, I guess, with her plan. Yeah, and that yeah. slant smash cuts to um, Hawkeye is getting transferred, and as Kevin intimated, we've got his crew as Plant Man. The former botanist turned terrorist, Murray Singleton, the psionic manipulator called Headlock, who, who I was unfamiliar with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not familiar with this guy. <laughs> and uh, Quincy MacGyver, the bionic jawed assassin named Cottonmouth, who from the um, I know he was in uh, a lot of the Serpent Society too, and I think uh, Luke Cage's comic too. Yes. Yeah. Somebody, give, somebody give the guy a glass of water. <laughs> so, uh, and then we cut again to. Dallas Reardon visiting uh, quite a nice-looking Scarlet Witch yeah. and uh, Wonder Man. Well, yeah, when she's sitting sitting that way, particularly. <laughs> and and she's... She's uh, doing no, the Sharon Stone basic instinct thing over to Dallas Reardon. And she's mentioning how uh, she's thinking that um, Atlas is getting his ions together. And so, obviously, you go to Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch, and they mention how he'll need an emotional anchor and... <laughs> had some angsty love nonsense to it. <laughs> this cracked me up because it's like it worked for us. Like if you just love him enough, oh, I guess you're not loving him enough. <laughs> she, she like really puts the puts it on puts it on her. Really, yeah. which is funny. It's like, well, I guess you know, got to be true. Got to be a true love like ours. I don't know if Eric is ever coming back now. And then it it lays the groundwork for how ogre. And the Factor 3 kidnapped him, and Ogre actually experimented on him and pushed him to the limit. And so he feels a certain amount of responsibility. Yeah, but that's when they shut him down and froze him, right? Right. No. But, I mean, he... No, then they pushed him even further, Andrew. They didn't stop at that point. They went on and on and on and on to the point that they couldn't be stopped. He could only be contained. And he has that picture of the world that's a photo still in front of his body. (laughs) What's also enjoyable is you see the transformation of Ogre. Because they originally have him in his purple duds, you know, no facial hair. And then one panel, he just has the mustache. Oh, the Marlboro Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got the full beard. It's, I like the, the like stages of Ogre that yeah. you see. Yeah, he's getting but more that's and more where, uh, They have to lay in the guilt for Ogre for an important turn at the end. And that's also where they reveal that he's draining the life force. (laughs) And they really rub it in and show the Arabian Knight dying again. Yeah. (laughs) Or he's doing a barrel roll. I'm not entirely, you know, I'm not ruling that one out, you know. Do a barrel roll, Fox. That's a Star Fox reference for all you uh, older people. So now that it's been revealed that uh, using his power randomly kills people around the globe uh the solution (laughs) suggested is why don't you use your powers and and amp them up to the max and and kill some more people along the way (laughs) yeah that part seemed a bit of a flaw basically his idea the idea comes that they he either needs to be destroyed voluntarily or not voluntarily or exiled so his connection with the earth is broken right and the machinery they had was trashed in the battle between Ogre and Techno and Oops. the unleashing of HS1. 
I like saying HS1 because it reminds me of the trucker comic US1 Marvel did. <laughs> I think of him as like the emotional successor. I have some of that US1. I just filed it away in one of my boxes today. As I'm saying, they have him use his power to power a like a wormhole portal Stargate kind of a thing to to send himself through to exile himself. But doing so is going to kill at least another 2,000 people randomly around the globe. Women, children... All, all kinds of people could be Reed Richards. Could you know? <laughs> you don't know, and they're willing to just do that instead of like nobody's got a ship. Like V Battalion can't get a ship to shoot this guy off off planet. No, they probably. Well, so what was odd was space. Thor. Makes he can sense. twirl his hammer. He can teleport people that way. Pip the troll. <laughs> they decided not to have a big battle either. Like, this is all done by talky-talky. Yeah, well, if he's going to go peacefully, that's what I'm saying. Like, they got time <laughs> to, 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 to Doom's time machine. Like, there's option after option here, other than let's have you use the power that kills people randomly and use it as you've never used it before. <laughs> Full strength. So, he, he does open the portal, and he exiles himself. But at the last second, um, Ogre jumps into the portal. Yeah, apparently he's learned something from the Thunderbolts. It looks also in that one panel like Huma Sapien is doing the whole Ditko slouched over a sad totally. Peter Parker, totally. woe is me look. I'm thinking he's doing that forevermore since Ogre's joined. Like, is Ogre doing him any favors? Like, now he's got <laughs> to live with this aging fat guy, possibly with no feet, by the way that that portal closing looks like it might have clipped off his his feet a little there um well i'm also thinking that hs may not need air and food and all that other (laughs) stuff i'm pretty sure ogre (laughs) oh i forgot to tell you this dimension we're going to it's volcanic (laughs) Ooh, but you know it was uh he's probably got a few uh, things in those in those uh belt uh pockets he's got there he's got a few things that'll get him through it's the it's the two thousands. Your even your pouches got pouches, but it was a nice one. Like ogres trying to do something, he's trying to help the situation. Yeah. And suddenly, after they after he disappears in another foam, of course, love it. The mountain's infrastructure is compromised. You turn the page, and whoa, double page spread of graviton. Oh, he's too late. If he would have showed up just a few seconds earlier. I know. I love it. He's like, "Are you are you guys surprised to see me?" And then he's like, "Wait, what? You?" And then he he calls it like he calls it like I've been calling it. You guys aren't the Thunderbolts. What, what is this? <laughs> and he's like, "You look vaguely familiar." I, I I assume he's trying to figure out where there's charcoal and Joel. There's a Citizen V who changed color. That's there's sort of a techno, maybe yeah. a meteorite. And he's like, "Wait a second, what?" The smuggler. What the? Yeah, and then it says, uh, we guarantee you the most shocking, relentless, and tension-filled bloodbath ever seen in a comic book! Exclamation point. I'll be the judge of that. It was a nice uh, reveal, I thought, having the page turn, and there he is, bam! Like, no no pause for reflection, because it was kind of a talky-talky comic, and now it's going to be action-y, action-y, because 56 opens up with the... Uh, this time, Moonstone's oriented in a unusual direction. This is a really cool cover on 56, also by yeah. Zerker and Vey. They're doing the yin and yang thing, the, the two of them together, with their arms crossing over uh, the vertical 
planes of their bodies and uh, moonstones upside down and uh, gravitons uh, right side up, or is it the other way around, right? Because we've seen uh, graviton upside down so many times, and they have his cape going both ways, so it lets you hold the cover in both directions. But what strikes me the most is we have now see uh, Moonstone's costume redesign here, and now that we have an artist who is willing to draw feet, <laughs> we can even have some design of the costume on her feet. And those are cool boot little booties with the almost cat claw toes on them. That, those are cool. So is that the moon yeah. orbiting the the Earth on Graviton's new costume? It's any planetary body okay. pulling in something and, and making it, making a satellite body orbit it. What I was wondering if, if it's like, uh, you know, a decade before the Green Lantern would do it. And I'm wondering if that... Um, little satellite is actually floating off of his costume or if that's flat against his chest uh, mm. and the shadow is part of the uh, insignia not an actual shadow yeah and Hawkeye and Moonstone get the circle on the cover and Moonstone's updated yeah yeah the new uh, it's a it's a sweet new design I'm a big fan and just for the record uh, Jennifer Schellinger did color so we have a name person again no more yeah. company business. Yeah, the first NRS page is 50 oh. panels. <laughs> and there's a lot of get out your red crayon, kids, because opening page, it doesn't start out well. We had uh, a, what they did was they did these, um, they paneled out the whole page, even though it's almost, um, and some of the panels overlap, and some are their own, but it's a straight up grid, straight up five by five, and even the, the gutter. Shows a continuation of those grids. Yeah, like a like tic-tac-toe said, board almost. It's so, a jam so, piece. Yeah, I mean, part of the page is like, it's a splash page with just the grid over it. And, yeah. and, and some of the grid spots they actually use to be its own panel, too. So it's a really interesting mix. Clever yeah, effect. Very, very cool design. But in the opening, you know, four panels, Scream is gotten rid of. Well, I guess we'll never find out who they are. Mysterious indeed. And then in the next uh, two rows, there goes the end of charcoal. So opening page. No, well, no, 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 no. Charcoal can reform himself. Don't worry. He can't reform himself from legal troubles. That's why they got rid of him. The, the, the co-creators started causing uh, trouble for Marvel. Marvel's just like, we'll just kill him off. This goes back to one of our earliest Thunderbolts episodes where I actually spoiled that type of... Nice. Charcoal detail when he first showed up. Charcoal detail. Yeah, so um, charcoal is disposed of, as Steve said. Technically, maybe he could come back. Technically, maybe Scream could come back, too, but it seems fairly permanent. Yeah. And then when um, Jolt reacts negatively to the treatment of Charlie, on the second page, she is uh, dispersed. Her molecules are negated. So, again, that's possibly... Three dead Thunderbolts before the page, before the credits. Well, I mean, two dead Thunderbolts, th- one dead Redeemer. Well, I'm giving Scream honorary. <laughs> it's the Thunderbolts comic. They're in Thunderbolts land. I'm going to give Scream the possibility of... But as Steve noted, all three of them being particularly oddly composed, you could maybe bring them back. But needless to say, the team is, is rattled, to put it mildly. Yeah, I, I certainly would be rattled. And then some of these characters are going to 
be like, should we fight? Should we leave? Like, what do you do? Like, this this is pretty bad. This is getting pretty brutal. This is going to be like the most violent Thunderbolts comic I will ever read. It honestly, the the upcoming sequences, it's unlike anything in continuity since the Korvac saga issues of Avengers. Honestly, yeah, we went through three like bam bam meteorite is like uh the beetle needs to summon her armor which is now that the another thunderbolts base is destroyed (laughs) is anyone keeping count of how many of these things at least that one hawkeye didn't pay for (laughs) (laughs) credit card He's, he's still trying to get his uh credit rating back but that's a another running gag for new listeners is the thunderbolts tend to have their bases destroyed and this one joins that proud tradition but meteorite charges right out and then citizen v's like i'm gonna run <laughs> everyone else is kind of in the middle of like what do we do like i said beetles trying to summon her armor the fixers thinking he's gonna run and the smugglers like wait i can use the dark force to to you know pour into it and meteorites let me go and uh graviton pushes her in the upper atmosphere where there's no air yeah, and she doesn't have uh, that much air in with her suit, so that's that's not gonna not gonna work out well for her. They also, no. I'm not sure if it's for the first time or not, because I honestly didn't care very much for the character, so I kind of gloss over some of her sequences uh, over the past issues. But they, in the text, they give a lot of background on her as they're putting her in this perilous fatal situation you know they give her name and say that she's from the air force lieutenant valerie uh, barnhart uh, say that uh you know she has this experimental flight suit and that she just wanted to be a pilot like her mom uh, i looked up her mom's name and her mom is a marvel pilot from the early 90s actually hmm. And uh, it's funny because a female pilot, what's her first name, is Amelia. Uh, not too original, right? But uh, <laughs> Amelia Barnhart <laughs> instead of Earhart. Mm. So that's that's where the Barnhart comes from uh, for Valerie Barnhart here. And you know where she came from, Kevin? New Warriors? Yes, New Warriors. She was Night Thrasher's pilot. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of this was from those issues, but this is probably like 10 years later. Anyways, like, I don't know if anyone reading really read those issues anyways. So, yeah, all these characters get sort of, like, origin or motivation or all this interesting stuff about them right before they seemingly die. Yeah, anytime they've had, since they've introduced the V Battalion, anytime they introduce a person's name or whatever, and then with the, you know, identity of the Beatle being the Ringer's old wife and all this stuff, um, anytime there's a name, I always look it up now. This is that kind of a series. Deep cuts, nothing but deep cuts. So, the fixer just takes off. (laughs) And then as Graviton's toying with when to kill him, suddenly the smuggler strikes. Because he's coming through the shadows within Graviton's body. Which yeah, is yeah. That's actually pretty smart. Like, a pretty good maneuver there. Yep, if only it could have been coordinated with some other attacks, they might have had something going there. But he's left alone to do that because the fixer takes off, only to be stopped by Moonstone. Well, in her new duds with her foot visible again. And she points out that they're going to need some tech support when he takes over the world. 
So she makes him an offer. It makes sense, you know, the fixer. Considering how quickly he went, this is, remember, for a lot of the other exploits, it wasn't the fixer we knew, it was the robot fixer. So this fixer doesn't have as much attachment to the yeah and to the Thunderbolt name and crew. Carla's always and, smiling in these issues, too. And Graviton decides the only way to conquer this is to go to the sun, because the flood of light will cut off any kind of shadows. And I'm thinking, but doesn't, isn't there, I guess there's no shadows in his, wherever he came from. In his nose anymore? In his cape? Yeah. I guess if you open up your mouth and your palate and everything's just shining all the way through, I don't know. But what I don't understand is how Graviton, I guess he doesn't let the heat, he turns up the gravity force so the heat doesn't reach him. I'm not sure why he's not being melted, but... And then there's an ad for the 100 Greatest Marvels, and at number what is it, 36? Secret Wars number one. How about that? The tie-ins keep coming. Yeah, I know. We didn't even plan this tie-in. We get a background on, as Steve was just telling us, uh, Leela Davis. And the ringer and her whole backstory while she's waiting for the armor. So Graviton is coming back to Earth to wrap up, and he floats by Meteorite, who's running out of air, and he just, you know, he's so nonchalant. He's just kind of above it all. What does he care? But technically, we don't see Meteorite expire. So she's another one that they could have, like, a very easy off-panel. She was rescued by somebody, you know? No, no, no. He went, he killed Smuggler in the sun, and he left meteorite to die one after the other boom 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 this is crazy right he left her to die but i'm just saying like it's not on panel so we're <laughs> leaving some room yeah the but finally Italian could the, swoop in and and pick her up or something the, well, that's true the beetles armor arrives and she we continue with her backstory about she's going to redeem herself yeah. and she climbs into it like a mech suit yeah now yeah. it's on now we're going to see some she got the most backstory. She got like three pages worth, and most suddenly worth she busts out all the all the, you know, armament that sort of pops out like any of those robot things always do. Graviton says impressive, and then squishes it like oh. a car cube. <laughs> that is that is so. Oh man, that that must be painful. That is a whew. the um, sound effects on the panels where she's getting squished are are comically outrageous. Well, she was yeah. burned before by charcoal, and now she's scrunched into a tiny little ball of metal. Ew. They're like, yeah, I don't, they're I, like this Mad one, Magazine. I don't think they can walk back. Like, the other ones, maybe, but yeah. this one... <laughs> but you know how, aren't those sound effects like Mad Magazine, Don Martin type? You know, sclarch and thrumpk, and I mean, it's crazy. Maybe that's supposed to distract you from the seriousness of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, her yeah. last words are the scream that they have coming out of her. I mean, she's squished into a cube. Like, that is just... That one, you're not walking back. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So then, um, the, you know, first toady, Muriel, <laughs> to uh, Graviton, he's the one that recruited Moonstone. And he's the toady, and he's like, we're here. And then... Carla's like, hey, and we got the tech, we got tech support, so your computer will be working. <laughs> and that's when we see Graviton, he's gonna, his master plan, like things start rumbling, and, and we get a Nova appearance, and then yes. we cut to Avengers Mansion. Love that Nova cameo. And what's happening? 
to what's happening with Dallas Reardon's love for Eric? Oh, maybe oh, she her, does love her, him enough. Her body's getting taken over by energy. There's no place right. like home. So in a pretty badass panel, she's in her wheelchair and her head flung back, full Phoenix mode, and Eric Jostin's flooding through her. And he even, you know, well, no, we didn't get to that. I don't want to spoil yeah, that Liz. in the next issue. We cut to the four prisoners being transferred, and the earthquake, all the seismic eruptions, knocked the transport right off the road. Yeah, I don't think that was part of their original plan, but uh, it'll work out pretty well. Yeah, and the armor that the guards have looks right out of Fallout 3, <laughs> being of topical. And then, also who has an earthquake is our favorite former super couple, Melissa it and the Beatles. It looks like she's reading specific uh, comics and books here. Yeah, she's got Secret Agent X-9 there, which is a reprint of an old Alex Raymond strip that was around from like the 30s to to the mid-90s. Uh, you probably remember it for what it was renamed years later as uh, Agent Corrigan. But uh, what, I want, what, what I'm wondering is, what's the deal? When did Songbird's hair color switch happen? Didn't she used to be red hair with white streaks, and now she's white hair with the red streaks? Isn't that it's from part the beginning of, uh, the she had the white hair? What, what? You know how her powers have been changing? That also affects your hair color. <laughs> oh. <laughs> People have no sense of adventure. When your powers change, your hair colors change. That's what happens in the that's what I learned in the movie watching Rogue. So basically, then out of a nineteen sixties animated Spider Man cartoon. Oh yeah. Um Graviton has lifted up a bunch of cities like Manhattan. Like right out of uh right out of I mean the, the big cities. You're Washington DC, you're Chicago, you're LA, you're San Francisco, you're Denver, you're Dallas, you're Miami. Yeah. Atlanta. That's going to affect mail delivery some. Yeah. Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Hey, Look at you that. guys. And Mexico City. Thrown in London, all Moscow, all Paris, Stockholm, Frankfurt, cities. Beijing, Melbourne, and Sydney. Our two Australian friends are saved. <laughs> Is that how you spell Sydney? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not how you spell Sydney. I mean, hey, they were so happy they got Melbourne right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe it's a different city. <laughs> so, um... Basically, you know, Melissa's like, hey, we got to kick ass. And then, you know, the Beatle, who's become a real coward since he got rid of his sucker fingers, is like, we can't fight him. We're powerless. We can't do nothing. Hey, hey you know, this might uh, be an event quality thing here. You might want to pop out this story so you can do all these other tie-ins with all these other books. And oh, then... oh, wait, we're not in that era. <laughs> and then it ends with this uh, angry-looking Citizen V with his fist clenched, you know. He's Who's going to stop him? A guy with a lot of pouches. He's, he's going to punch Graviton. It's finally going to get a reunion of the original Thunderbolts here. No. Really? Well, on the cover of 57, you have uh, the three of... Well, now, if we're assuming that Atlas has taken over... Dallas, which will will be confirmed inside the comic. He loves her so much he became her. Ugh. I don't think she would like that. Yeah, um, it's it's getting a little weird. Exactly. She's being carried by the beetle and then Melissa's there with those kind of concentric circles that Daredevil and uh, yep. Alex and, Summers. And I so hope uh, Abe plans on holding her for a while because <laughs> they've let the wheelchair go. 
it's and they didn't just like push it off to the side it's like falling off of the precipice that they're on yeah so uh yeah so we open up with gravitons basically he's uh, put in suspended animation all the heroes so you have a beautiful double page spread of all them just floating upside down yeah I, you I, know I... all the heroes your moon knights your quicksilvers <laughs> your valkyrie and her steed how about yep. ecstatics dupe yeah there's going to be a few bloodshot eyes there with all these people hanging upside down with their blood rushing to their head. Oh, You've yeah. even got the, uh, I forgot the dude that wore the cowboy hat. The Texas Twister! Right. Yeehaw! <laughs> and Red Wolf! Also prescient looking to all new, all different post-Secret Wars Marvel. Captain Marvel's so it's there. Really Black a Panther's fun, there. A fun, like you can just sit and look, but... Uh, Speedball? Our usual team, but this time Hi-Fi does the colors and RS Comicraft AD on letters be interesting i guess our era of having people with names is over hmm. they're all just interchangeable cogs give them their names back but moon knight has a prominent place yeah hey, did you notice the pop tarts ad here too introduces the chocolate food pyramid which probably isn't doing well for people's health no the chocolate food pyramid i did like in the last one we had the powerpuff girls pop tarts like i wonder <laughs> if i could find a box of those <laughs> well this is when the government had that big uh you know, food pyramid that had like z- almost zero fats on it and like tons and tons of carbs. They've learned. Yeah, since. the chocolate food pyramid. I do well. I wouldn't put the toaster pastry group at the top. Definitely not. I mean, that's it's fine, but shouldn't pure chocolate be at the top? Food of the gods, my friend. Okay, we're debating the chocolate food pyramid. I don't think I don't think any nutritionist has vetted this, <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, Carla has to admit to um, Techno, and she doesn't look happy about it. Other than those cities he saved, he's completely destroying the Earth to look like him. Well, yeah, I'm wondering how far this has gone, because it's probably not as far as you think, but he's already, like, disturbing everything. Like, I'm thinking massive changes are happening to the Earth, even if they stop him at this point, like... Yeah, you could. I guess you can put like these cities back in the place and reconnect the pipes. Like you know how stuff works in the Marvel universe. But some of the stuff seems pretty major. Yeah. Damage Unlimited is going to make a lot of money. Yeah, when this thing's done. Burton but, Canyon yeah. has survived the Thunderbolts, all of these issues, but not this time. No, but who is out saving a falling kid with a Tickle Me Elmo shirt on? Citizen V. And then the kid thanks him, and and then Zemo's like, "What? Why? Why is this kid like hugging me and everything? And I have to save his annoying mother now." Ugh. But, but he, he does. does, and yeah, that makes me wonder how much uh, John Watkins is breaking through. Yeah, I wouldn't. Boy, he would be pretty mad if he does break through. But uh, he's like Zemo. His internal thought balloons now, knee captions now, are um talking about how boy you'd think he would just run away and hide and try and strike him down later when he's not looking yeah you but see that this like, is the new v citizen zemo i like how graviton is in like you know an imaginary sequence and he's just like ha, 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 i'm so awesome and then zemo's just about to run him through with a sword <laughs> well that's so consistent with zemo right we've seen him do that with captain america so many times imagine running him through yeah, and so his plan is to look up Mach 1 and Songbird and say, we got to do this. And Songbird's like, heck yeah, I'm in. Are you in? I'm in. Yeah, we got to get the band back together. And then Abe's and like, then, but what about my pardon? Abe is such a, uh, 
Go back to your... Bring back the sucker fingers. This is the guy that killed that other dude. Can you believe that? This was. Can't you and call the like, V-Battalion? Oh. The V-Battalion, they have a special protocol where they run away to space. That's what I know. call standard survival protocol, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why try and help anybody when you can just run away? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they run away up to space. And they're not even having trouble contacting them because of all the turbulence going on with Graviton. Yeah, so and Abe's Zemo's like, hey, at the I point. can help you out, Citizen V, but, uh, you know, and then and then Zemo it seems to, uh, like, take control of the body there, and he's like, well, you're going to do it or you're going to die. And then we're, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> that seems rather severe. Yeah, he seems like he's always ready to cut out a tongue or two because he was doing that to break up uh, Techno and the Fixer in the last issue, too. He's, he drops his sword in between their faces. He's like, I'm going to cut off both of your tongues if you don't cool it. And what if they think that's John Watkins? Like, what if they haven't figured out it's Zemo? They're like, whoa, Watkins is a little a little weird after coming out of that coma. Well, for what I remember, Watkins wasn't that great of a dude to begin with, was he? <laughs> that's the whole reason they went the Dallas Reardon angle. And, oh, well, he was in a coma, right? Yeah. Coma. And coma also, boy. maybe they didn't know these. It's not like they maybe all hung out together. Like, they don't necessarily know each other. No, but if he's supposed to be a hero, but then he does belong to the V Battalion, so I guess they're all, you know, they're all a little weird. Whatever. It'll all work to the benefit of Kang the Conqueror in the end. Oh, yeah, because isn't he, like, if he's not taking over the world, he's getting close to taking over the world in uh, in the Avengers book right now. Yep. In the, during the Jeff Johns run, right? With the whole Son of Kang business? Of the, end of the uh, music run. All right. Of Kang the Conqueror. So right yeah, before. he gets a nice three-panel, or two-panel two shot. And then we cut to Dallas Reardon looking all phoenixy and flying in the air. Yeah. And that's when we find out it's not her, but it's Eric Jostin took her over, which is just not right. Like, especially they're having trouble. I don't think that's going to help their relationship at all. Probably um, not. We cut to the four villains escaping from prison because they kick off the door. Yeah, this is the Swamp Thing writer, Scott oh, Snyder's one of his favorite sequences. Really? really? It seemed so hammy. I was like, the green <laughs> is being savage. Like, didn't we have that? Alan Moore, I think, well established that. Right, the green. No, I'm teasing. Yeah, so I'm like, Marvel couldn't say, you know, do a different kind of thing. Well, what was he but, feeling when Huma Sapien was around? Like, we just had this type of thing happen two issues ago. Well, maybe it's because he's actually in touch with the Earth and not in a, you know, in a man-made prison or something. Yeah, he's got, but he's got some of it in his we, hand, in fact. This is when we find out that Headlock is uh, why we didn't know who he was. Is It's just some anonymous dude so that Mentello could take him over. <laughs> I also loved the when I was reading along and right before we look down and see the plant man grabbing the Earth and crying about the world crying, uh, Hawkeye uh, Gives the great Mr. Burns line, Smithers, <laughs> Smithers, what's wrong? <laughs> and he and it, still has his famous scar. Yeah, he's going to always oh. have that. What, what I also enjoy is, so they're all there, and Cottonmouth's like, screw you guys, it's every man for himself. And he runs away, but he forgot, wait, we're still linked by the zap security yep. manacles. Yeah, so. they're not going anywhere <laughs> Anytime soon. Knock them yeah, all like, out. Well, not in, at least until the Graviton adventure is over, I guess. And this Taco Bell ad, it has, it says, get your Marvel heroes. And four out of the six are X-Men stuff, probably because it's 2001 and there's an X-Men movie. But 
think of now, like this would be reversed. <laughs> right. Let's airbrush the X-Men out of there and reinsert. <laughs> exactly. Can we replace a uh, cap with maybe Iron Man too? Those toys don't look that great. No. I'm just saying. But um so they're all uh Citizen V has to fill people in, fill in his two former compatriots about what's going on and they're heading back to the scene of the battle. A couple of uh shield morons show up <laughs> and be like, Hey, you guys can't do anything. You're criminals. I thought it was Ogre before he grew his beard. Check out that beard. <laughs> That's it's quite like a stash. A weird... it's, it was an odd segment to throw in, it felt like. But they're like, hey, we're going to do this. We're just hanging out here. If, and if, uh, maybe if something happens, something happens. If Thunderbolt Ross had a, be- had a mustache that big, <laughs> when he turned into Red Hulk, you'd still see it. Just, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so... Citizen V's like, I got a plan. I got a line to uh, Techno. Let me work this from the inside. So he dials up Techno on the special phone. And what's he going to offer Techno? Oh, you got to stop this madman. And the fixer's not impressed. He's just like, what? That's that's not a good reason. Stopping a madman? So then uh, he gets offered the whole, I can deactivate your uh, tech pack. So, you know, because he has the whole tech pack rigged to his spine type of thing where they can just off him at any time so you give him the codes to that and then he'll be free i'm thinking when graviton takes over the world that's probably not gonna be a worry but it makes sense that look techno just wanted an excuse to take these fools down so he launches a side attack by shooting some wires into mareel mareel it's about time somebody asked who this mareel dude is right jeez uh, so he gets zapped, and Carla's first thing is, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and Graviton's like, well, why would you have? She's like, oh, no, whoop, nothing. <laughs> and of course, so the battalion sends down, uh, this is all the distractions, so they can send down the Thunderbolts stuff. And you're wondering, wait a second, how much stuff does the B battalion have in their ship there in outer space? They got copies of everything. They, they look like a group that are prepared. And Mareel is like, wait, don't stop what you're doing. So it felt like something attacked me, but don't stop. Keep terraforming. Moonstone goes over to Techno. He's like, Techno, what the... I'm going to knock you into Tuesday. And Techno's like, uh, why don't you want to ask how I hurt Mareel? His signatures are linked to Graviton. The more power Graviton uses, the more Mareel seems to be channeling it. Hmm. Channeling where? I can't tell yet. So there's oh. something going on with Mareel. And then the letters page is here. But the issue isn't over. For real, there's something wrong with Mareel. <laughs> so they're getting in a big fight, the two of them, Carla and Techno. And she's like, what, Citizen V wants you to stop him? What the, that bozo? And then just as they're about to fight, she gets sucker whammied by one of his little electrodes. Well, yep. this is a pretty good callback conversation, too, to the early... Early Thunderbolts, Baron Zemo taking over the world stuff. Yeah, throws a little bit back in her face about how you like your own logic being thrown through. And at that time, uh, Graviton suddenly gets hit by a sound effect resembling a disposable assassin. Oh, I like that. (laughs) And uh, he gets beat up with a couple of air-to-air missiles. And then suddenly, uh, (laughs) Eric Jostin... (laughs) forms some kind of weird giant 
white Sammy Sosa thing? Shouldn't it be going McGuire on your ass? Yeah, I don't know. I think Sosa's accurately depicted here in his juicing phase. (laughs) (laughs) But are Um, people going to get that reference in, like, many more years? It's going to be one of those things. Yeah, they'll always call a rear end an ass. (laughs) But, yeah, so he somehow, um, Eric Jostin's power is now like a green lantern or something. I don't know how he's... Isn't that Songbird's power? Oh, that's Songbird. You're right. That's Songbird creating the... Oh, oh wait. She has her equipment now. Yes. But it's a lot more detailed than I remember her constructs being. Like he has a uniform with a a Thunderbolt symbol on his chest. Because her costume is cooler. Her costume is finally her cool costume that I like. And then, uh, so that knocks... Graviton right into you know who will stick a sword in your back as soon as he'd stick a sword in your front. Citizen V. Oh, yeah. And we get a final big splash, last page, that would be awesome to own, where we see the Thunderbolts are back. Yay! And a very streamlined mock, probably three at this point. Yeah. A a lady bubblegum-style atlas, songbird, mostly white with a little bit of red hair, and then busted point Citizen V, and I don't care who you are, having a sword go through your guts got to hurt. Oh, yeah, especially all the way through like that. Enough said. No, not nearly enough. Next issue, the team is reunited, but to defeat Graviton, will they be forced to make the ultimate sacrifice? How many people have they already sacrificed (laughs) in the last issue? Joel's died twice. (laughs) Yeah, what what a powerful ending. I was like, boy, I almost wish we were covering another issue. Yeah, I was this fist pumping at that point because I'm like, yes, the Thunderbolts are back. Everything's ramping up. This is awesome. Thunderbolts. They were listening to Steve and got rid of the Aratza Thunderbolts that no one liked. Yep. The Redeemers. The art has been strong. Yeah, so I can like, see why the way Steve would drop off the book and like almost after the Thunderbolts come back. He's just like, Pff. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what's what. <laughs> 59 got must have been a doozy. You're like, I, I can't stick around for this. I'm I'm looking forward to see what what it was that made me end reading the book two issues later. So it'll be 2001 or 2002, Steve? We'll we'll be dialing him in. Hmm. But since we haven't yet, let's dial in 2001 Kevin. I was surprised at some of his comments. Like, 55, he's like, he enjoyed it, but he was expecting better. And then he goes on this whole rant about Huma Sapien, how his origin isn't good, how he's visually, he's pretty dull, he's just all gray, and he's like, all this hate. Wow, well, you know, he wasn't created by a professional, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but the letters page stuff was cool. (laughs) (laughs) And he says the cover showed a lot of promise, the the whole Zemo's face getting wrecked again, but in Citizen V's body this time, but that didn't happen in the issue, so he's like, oh, disappointing. I guess you want John Watkins' face to be messed up. And he's like, I hope the new Beetle isn't killed. Well, sorry to say, well, what happens in 56, 2001, Kevin? <laughs> he was talking about the clues to who his scream is, and he makes a, I guess who it is, but I'm not going to say who he guesses because i believe he is correct <laughs> <laughs> and he liked the the whole graviton subplot scene in action in 55 uh 56 he was surprised by a bloodbath like he knew he was gonna be like a bloodbath type of thing but he's like wow he didn't think it would be like that bad for the redeemers but he's not really sad to see a whole lot of the redeemers go 
You and me both. Yeah, well, but he is sad. On the Redeemers. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that does make him sad, though, is I guess he was expecting certain Thunderbolts to interact with certain Redeemers, and I can only assume that he wanted, like, the Beetle to meet the other Beetle. Like, he, I guess he... I, otherwise, I, I can't really figure out who who he would want to meet up with who. Like, I don't know, what interaction are we missing? Uh, he was also coming up with ways that some of the characters com- could come back. Like, we did, like, oh, they're in outer space, but they could be picked up. And then, like, you're, if you're being burnt in the sun and there's no shadows, well, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of resurrection opportunities there. <laughs> so he sort of, like, did the odds on that. Uh, by the end of uh, 56, he said it felt like a Thunderbolts issue, the, probably the most Thunderbolts issue since issue 50. And he, Oh, he... he <laughs> I thought this was interesting. He says, uh, before Zemo was retiring into the rubble of a castle defeated, and this issue ends with him coming out of, a, out of the rubble, like emerging, preparing for victory, or, you know, supposed victory. Oh, 2001, Kevin. Yeah, he's just like, look at this. This is so cool. Uh, for 57, he says this is his favorite uh, Thunderbolts issue since issue 50. Of course, you know, he likes the Thunderbolts. It was a lot of Thunderbolts action. He's grooving on the art more with each issue. He liked the double-page spread with all the heroes. You know, what's not to like there? Exactly. He says uh, the the V Battalion uh, sure keeps watch over the Thunderbolts with all the backup costumes and gear. And he's like, he starts wondering how many other heroes' costumes or things they have in there, like... I guess it was a contingency. Maybe they needed the Thunderbolts at some point in the future, so they wanted well, the stuff. backup. They they had redesign costumes. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he 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 started thinking about uh, Cosmos and all that stuff with the Graviton, with the whole energy and the weird alien and all that. Uh, poor poor Moonstone. All her hard work is going to waste. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he, he th- the last page is like classic Thunderbolts action. And he loves that. Justice like lightning. Yeah, I'm pretty... I, I thought these were str- three strong issues. I mean, uh, we poked a little fun at some of the bizarre logic in them, but, you know, it's good page-turning what's going to happen next comics. Steve, what are your thoughts? I am going to just say up front that we should get together again next episode to cover the next issue, because I want to <laughs> see what happens. Oh, The yeah. team is back together. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? What but about which, Moonstone? But which issues are we going to cover? Is uh is twenty fifteen Kevin still in or have you tired of the Thunderbolts? No, this this was really exciting. I like fifty five was the least exciting out of this bunch, but still I like it was it was way better than the stuff after fifty. Like I was just like, Oh yeah, those were those issues type of thing. Like you know, yeah, you, you still enjoy it because it's Thunderbolts, but this is like the real stuff that I enjoy. Good old Graviton well, Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah. We hope that uh, the listeners will join us when next we get together to tell you more tales of Marvel's Most Wanted.
go then. Hang on tight. I'm afraid. Hey, summer lovers. Steve Raker here from the Comic Book Bunker, along with podcasting pals Kevin Whirlwind X and Andrew the L.A. Rabbit. Woohoo! Thanks for having us in, Steve. Summer is in. And you know what summer means? It's time to read a lot of comic books. I thought it meant fireworks. <laughs> and Comic-Cons. You, you've got the San Diego Comic-Con coming up. I do have the San Diego Comic-Con coming up in early... It's early this year. Second week of July, so I will be down there rubbing elbows with 139,000 or so of my closest friends. And it's not too early to think about late September, uh, September 25th through 27th, the Baltimore Comic Con. You can check out tickets for that, BaltimoreComicCon.com, but I'll be going to that show, which will be fun. You skipped the con, Steve. <laughs> Where are you going, Kevin? Uh, well, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> why do I say that? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it seems to, uh, past two years, or or last year and this year, uh, Fan Expo has moved on to the Labor Day weekend. So I'll, I'll be attending that for uh, a few days there. Hmm. Checking out all the, as much comics as they can fit into that convention now, since they have a lot of other media stuff, so. So it's a week or two later than it used to be? A week later. Huh. Yeah, it's just weird. I, I don't think it... Like, they said, oh, we surveyed people. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder if you surveyed Toronto people or people <laughs> outside of Toronto. Because traffic on Labor Day weekend trying to get to the convention, uh, not the best not the best idea. Mm. It uh, might be more helpful for me to try to be able to uh, come up and to that show sometime, though. Because I'm always away that the weekend it used the week it used to be held. Yeah. But, hmm, Interesting. Maybe they surveyed you. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest that they have not. Okay. Uh, you can find Marvel Noise uh, on Twitter, as well as our various handles there. And uh, our sister show is Indie Comic Book Noise, although we have been lax after a whole bunch of weekly episodes. Uh, we haven't had one in a few weeks because it's summertime and vacation season and we're trying to put together content to keep this Marvel Noise gravy train rolling, right? Indeed. So, just some... We've been getting so much into the Secret Wars books and we've been keeping the Thunderbolts uh, business happening, but there's been some other books here or there that I read that I really enjoyed that I wanted to make sure that I shared with you guys. And one of them is the end of the Deathlock series, which, on its own, this is Nathan Edmondson's Deathlock series, uh, the current one with artist Mike Perkins. And uh, all in all, the series, uh, not one of my favorites. I uh, have, as I've said before, kind of feel like everything since uh, the mid-80s for Deathlock has really been pretty vanilla. But prior to that, he's one of my favorite characters of all time. What about uh, the 90s series, Steve? The 90s series. There was some good art there, but there was <laughs> some problems with that iteration of the character. Uh, the deal this time, though, is that Henry Hayes is a medic who is injured in combat, and without his knowledge, he was turned into Deathlock on the operating table, right? But he still looks normal. A uh, good-looking guy. He, uh, he Deathlock is like a costume of armor he gets to put on. Um, he's the handsome Deathlock. <laughs> but 
he's controlled by the Biotech Corporation, which is also known as Control, just to remind you who is in Control. An acronym? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. What? <laughs> um, it's just Control. That seems like a missed opportunity, or or would that be it's like get, getting Get Smart or something with chaos and control? And... Exactly. Uh, but mirroring the television version from the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, this Deathlock has a daughter who is used as leverage against him when he eventually goes off-grid and isn't controlled by control anymore. And, and that happens when he gets shot in the arm by... Um, uh, Domino, of all people, from old X-Force uh, <laughs> continuity. So he's also got this one advocate inside of biotech, inside amongst his handlers in Control. But she gets caught assisting him, um, and then Control sends this modified soldier named Seraph uh, to take out Deathlock. It's all pretty ho-hum, uh, honestly, but the seventh issue ended with a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent named Andrea Hope tracking down former Deathlock Michael Collins for assistance. And there you go. There's your 90s Deathlock, Kevin. All right. And like I said, he's the 90s Deathlock, which is really Marvel's second Deathlock publishing-wise. He was a family man, uh, but he was a pacifist. And then that was the whole irony of the whole situation. He was a pacifist who was trapped inside of a killing machine... And he quickly made Deathlock not a killing machine. Um, and then I thought that series was pretty tame stuff overall. <laughs> the initial limited series with some of the Butch Geiss art was good. Um, but then once it became its own series, even though some of the Mike Manley art was interesting, um, that Deathlock uh, just wasn't my Deathlock. Um, but I'm thinking the confrontation could be cool. Old Deathlock, new Deathlock. So issues 8 and 9 kind of nicely wrap up the series. That Seraph guy, he talks a good game while he's whooping on Deathlock, but Deathlock impales him on this sharp girder-sized hunk of steel, and Control leaves him to die. So then Seraph decides to give up Control and tells Deathlock where to find them. Um, after all, as he said all along, he was an operative, and Deathlock was just a tool. <laughs> and... What's weird with Michael Collins, uh, apparently he can just flip a switch and become the big backpacked 90s Deathlock again. And wow. he he just confronts and, and he takes down Domino on behalf of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s investigation into biotech. And then Domino joins the cause. And meanwhile, Deathlock is like laying siege to the biotech compound that houses Control and rescues his advocate. And um, he gets confronted by Michael Collins' Deathlock uh, all Deathlocked up, and and Collins has this big ego going. Like, let's see what kind of Deathlock you are. He's saying to him, and um, a lot of chest pumping lines. They fight for four pages, and then they team up for four pages after that. Um, and then the state situation kind of stabilizes as uh, Shield debriefs everyone. And and I'm not going to give away, uh, you know, the spoilers uh, to the meat of the story, other than to give you those teasers that uh, I think are what makes it interesting at least for someone uh who might be a casual deathlock liker or a lover of that 90s series uh, the epilogue suggests that biotech by a long shot isn't done with their deathlock plans though they have like a room full of uh deathlock looking humanoids all hanging from chains like like it's a big meat locker or whatever uh 
but you know I don't like the whole part of the Deathlock thing is that you're stuck in this horrible cyborg thing and you're not human anymore and this idea that these um, uh, two good looking black guys basically can just flick a switch and go from being a, a good looking guy to being Deathlock especially the new one the Deathlock um, face plate doesn't even cover the side of his face he's not even like disfigured he's just like he's still a regular good looking guy he just has like a helmet on it's uh, yeah. it, it's disappointing in a, in a lot of ways uh, but yeah, didn't uh, death locket at least have to deal with the the facial things too yeah like death locket is <laughs> has been, <laughs> been a better death lock than some of these iterations <laughs> but it was cool to see michael collins death lock and to see death locks fight and a call back to again the legacy of the character and all that so eh, kind of cool at least those last two issues got anything you guys been digging on should i go <laughs> should go don't go away <laughs> Don't, don't go changing. Don't go changing to try and please me. No, I, I've been reading, uh, like, the remaining books that are still coming out and uh, some things on Marvel Unlimited. Like, uh, reading uh, some of the Spider-Verse books that have been showing up there. Like, uh, the, the team-up book that had the... Where they... Miles Morales and uh, Ultimate Spidey from the cartoon went to the... 60s Spider-Man's sort of cartoon world. Wasn't that great? Oh my god, I, I laughed so much at that. That was that was that like if if the event wasn't already good, like that would have made the event. I'm just like I I can't believe this. Even with that the is, art, that is, the way oh, they, did, so they didn't unreal. draw the webs on his chest and everything, just like <laughs> it was so cool. And and they're they're like, well, like they <laughs> they don't seem to know how to interact. It's not just like there's a cultural or. Or like an age difference or something. It's it's like, well, we know how to talk to this guy, and then they start start talking like all crazy, and sixty Spidey still doesn't know. He's just like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. You 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 yeah. You really need to read that one. And then his villains show up, and I'm just like, ah. And even one of the villains from like the TV series, I I just thought they were gonna throw in like all the classic ones that they have like rights to or. You know, the ones we know, not the extras that were introduced on the cartoon, but I'm like, one of the other ones shows up, and I'm like, this is unreal. <laughs> and the, one of the other things I was reading from uh, from that service is catching up on my uh, all-new X-Men and Uncanny X-Men, and they had those two annuals with uh, Eva Bell. Yeah. So they had the whole mystery of uh, what was going on there, like, she disappeared, and then she came back, and she seemed different. And, it, like, for the characters in, like, our time, like, it didn't seem like that she was gone that long. So you got, like, the whole story laid out, and you get this, like, beautiful sort of broken artwork as she's, like, drifting from place to place. And you find out what happened to her, and you're like, wow, that is kind of a tragic story. But I think she's a great addition now to... uh to the X-Men history. The X-Men are history now, aren't they? <laughs> That's what you're telling me. Hey, I gotta say, speaking of the Marvel Unlimited service, uh, I really enjoyed listening last episode to uh, you and Andrew and um, Dan uh, talking about the Marvel Unlimited stuff that you guys were digging on. That's that's a lot of fun. Good idea. Finally, I roped them into something. <laughs> 
Andrew, what about your version of the Marvel Digital Unlimited service that you call the library? Yes, I've been doing my um, jamming on some library reads to get caught up on things. I am part of him. unlimited service, and I do read some of it, but I don't know. It usually just, it always seems like I'm going to look something up and it's not there, and I get angry and then go back to reading (laughs) Facebook. Um, so, uh, Death of Wolverine, I got the hardcover, and then the Death of Wolverine, the Logan Legacy, and Death of Wolverine, the Weapon X program. I think this is only probably like, you know, one one-thousandth of the Death of Wolverine tie-ins, but I thought it would give me a pretty good, I figured three trades of the event was enough to give yeah, me a, and that's a soup the best of it. Of the, and the, the big one is, uh, Soul and Niven, and it's kind of interesting to think of Niven, how much like big Wolverine stories. He's ended up, I think of the old man Logan too. Right. And what's fun about the four issue series is the hardcover is twice as big because it's not just the covers, but there's interviews with, uh, Len Wein. There's inner, like there's different script versions. There's interviews with the current creators. Like they jam this full cause it's only four issues. Which made me laugh how much stuff. There is, but are we spoiling this or sure. do people know Wolverine's dead? Okay. Yes. So it's the genesis of is him losing his healing ability. So he's already sort of dying from, you know, radiation and having a metal skeleton and all this business. So he retreats up to Canada and he finds out there's a giant hit put on him. And we get to see Nuke coming back. <laughs> Zoe's a, a classic Daredevil villain. And he Luke, Nuke's the the most recent person trying to collect the bounty and Wolverine uses him as like, okay, tell everybody not to come after me. It's not going to work. And who put the bounty out? And of course it's got to be uh classic eighties Wolverine Madripoor. You got to get the Viper involved and head to Madripoor. So he goes to Madripoor undercover, not as patch though. Dang it. Hmm. <laughs> Because that would have been a fun throwback if they're doing throwbacks. But his thing is he's a smuggler selling an Iron Man helmet. Stolen tech. And that gets him in front of Viper. But she sees right through him. And they have their little nonsense that you'd expect. And she has Sabretooth imprisoned. So she's like, you got to go fight Sabretooth to get through this. Because he's being poisoned. And she gives him the cure to keep him in line. And then, obviously, without his healing factor, he is doomed. Sabretooth takes out his left eye. Like, pops it. <laughs> and just as about to give the killing blow, uh, Lady Mariko shows up. You know, she's got the classic long claws, and she just whacks Sabretooth right in the back. The Lady Deathstrike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Yukio, though, and, right? Not, not. Oh. Not Mariko. That's right. Mariko's dead, isn't she? Who can keep track with X-Men? Um, basically, uh, Deathstrike's going to kill him. And Logan's like, no, you can't. You know, he's been poisoned. He's in chains. Just let him go. And I'm not really sure why other than, I guess, you know, Sabretooth's important IP and we can't have him getting killed in the same way. And uh, Deathstrike realizes that you know, Wolverine's in trouble, so she can't help because she's having trouble with Ogun. 
who, those of you that remember, was the bad from the Kitty Pride Wolverine yeah. limited series of the 80s also. I gotta say, I have, and, that's the biggest problem I have with this whole event, is actually the Ogun coming back stuff. And I realize that it goes all the way back to, um, I really think he should have stayed dead at the end of the first Wolverine limited series. Like, I didn't really like that Wolverine Kitty limited series back in the 80s. I mean, I thought it was cool that Kitty became ninja-like, but um, I didn't like the whole Ogun coming back and possessing everyone Shadow King routine bit. Um, and I still don't like it to this day, but... Go on. It seems like they could have... I guess they just wanted old home week, but Kitty shows up to save... Uh, you know, because Deathstrike's going to wipe out Wolverine because without his healing factor, she's like, you're no good. And Kitty's like, you know, I can phase through and then pull your heart out and do all kinds of nasty stuff. <laughs> and so Deathstrike bugs out and um, Kitty shoots him up with some healing serum a la video game style, the regen serum, but it's totally video game. You know, like it's this glowing syringe and you're dying and suddenly you're awake again. Like, I don't think real medicine works like that. But they have their little moment where they're reminiscing about Japan and all the crazy stuff that's going on. And suddenly Kitty leans over and kisses him. But hey, that's not Kitty. You know who it is, Steve. It's your favorite (laughs) Ogun. Yeah, it seemed a little whatever, but Logan armors up and they fight, but because he had taken over Kitty, he took a lot of his mojo, he didn't have enough jam left to fight, but he was being paid to collect Wolverine and people connected to Wolverine, and that includes Cyber, who's a character I don't even know. Oh, I know so, him well. He was Wolverine's Kevin? gym coach in college or high school or something. Give me a... What? No, yeah. I think some, someone else... Um... Oh, jeez. It's not the one from the Sam Keith uh, Marvel Comics Presents with the adamantium arms? I'm thinking he's the one from after Wolverine lost his adamantium and he, like, smashed his bone claws and and he yeah. probably was laced with poison and everything. Yeah, I think he was Wolverine's he gym one? coach. Yeah. I think it was his okay. high school PE coach or something ridiculous like that. Goes back to the Sam so, Keith stuff. Yeah, he's done in. <laughs> and he's be having his adamantium boiled out of him. And Ogun's like, okay, if you let me go, because I'm in this weakened state and don't kill me, I can still come back, but if you let me go, I will swear not to kill anybody and just bugger out and leave you alone. And I'll give you a bunch of regen serum. And I'll tell you who's behind it all. And it's uh, Cornelius from Weapon X era. What? Wasn't that also in Marvel Presents? Yeah, didn't he kill him, though? Uh, you just thought he did, Steve, because <sighs> conveniently... <laughs> the great Barry Windsor Smith! Come on! It was all the dreams, Steve. Killing me. Um, That's when... <laughs> yeah, so that that was a weird throwback. But, like I said, as you can tell, I'm not up on the mutants, so I don't know who's dead or alive anymore. I just assume they're all alive, and and whoever died didn't really die. And then, um, Wolverine looks him up, and he's like, what are you doing, you fool? And he's like, I'm experimenting. Like, this is gonna live past me. I just gotta get the healing factor right. I found a way to smell adamantium, and he's got a bunch of test subjects there. Like, I am just about there. I've almost got this done, and then 
I'm going to fix my mistake and then I'll be dead. But, you know, with your healing factor, that's what I can do. And so Wolverine shows graphically his healing factor don't work no more. And so that's when we're introduced to one of these guys that he already put together, Major Sharp. And his thing, like some of these people have like mini Logan powers or different aspects of them. And his thing is he's like a tactical fighter and he's always thinking and always fighting. And he's the whole like complete ultimate soldier efficient machine. But Wolverine takes him out. And uh, the way he ends up doing it is he does a rope-a-dope. And right when the guy goes to give the killing blow, Wolverine ducks. And he hits the barrier that was protecting Cornelius, and that's how Cornelius is going to die or not die. You know, because no one really dies in these things. Hmm. But as he goes to inject everybody with adamantium, um, Wolverine says no, and he smashes the thing and gets covered in adamantium. And then with his dying breaths, he walks out. Cornelius is bleeding out and dying, screaming that he's done nothing. And then Wolverine sits and looks at the sun and freezes, covered in adamantium like a statue. And then there's like 90 pages of bonus features. And that's the death of Wolverine. And it's not. I thought you would have to separate all his body parts into different components and, you know, put them far away so they didn't regenerate with each other and all this stuff. Like when Professor X had that file to kill all the X-Men. And then the tie-ins, the Logan legacy is talking about how the different characters were impacted by him. And the mechanism is they're all being kidnapped by the Weapon X program tie-in, which is there were all these experimental people left, and most of them don't have their memories or they're all screwed up. And it's them escaping from the facility as it's being destroyed. And most of them are hunted down and killed, but they all have random superpowers. So it's like six strangers who don't trust each other including the Major Sharp guy, and then there's a super genius guy, another one with super senses, so they're all going. And then it turns out that they're all just freaks and losers and criminals, and they were built to have this gene that's going to kill them after six months. So Major Sharp is infected with Ogun, and they make a deal to work together, because alone they can't live, and together they can. Hmm. Because there's a bit of a fake-out about whether... One guy really is Logan reincarnated or whatever. But it's Ogun. And then the other one, so they kidnap all these people with connections to Wolverine. Deathstrike, Sabretooth, um, X-23. Who's the kid? Dakin? Dakin? Right, right. Can't remember which one's the guy and which one's the crappy 80s metal band. <laughs> um, and their whole And they explain to them, look, when Cornelius kidnapped you and he gave you trigger words, one makes you sleep, one makes you a puppet, one kills you, and then the other erases all the subliminal commands. And you see they work. Like they say this one word to Caterpillar, to Deathstrike, and she just goes right to sleep. And they say the command word to Sabretooth, and he has to just do whatever they say. So he's like, we're going to team up, you're going to help us live... And then we'll tell you the erase words so you're not going to be around. Because you could just be having a conversation with somebody and they say one of these words, you're going to go and the last one will kill you. And I'm like, that seems super contrived. But Yeah, just get know. that backhoe over here. What backhoe? You know, the caterpillar. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, um, that caterpillar file. But just reading them, like, all together, it was kind of fun. But I don't think bled out over a couple of months or whatever. Like, this is the way I suggest it. Read it on Unlimited or go to the library, get these books out. Just kind of sit down and bang through them, and it's kind of a fun. Like, there is no zero emotional affect, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I have totally. no... I mean, I like... I'm not a Wolverine hater or anything, but there's just no... Right. ...believable way to make this any kind of... I mean, it was called The Death of Wolf, like... Right. Real, like, they've really... I don't know what they want out of these, but it's a fine story, you know? That, I liked all the times. It was good. I just... it's never, I'm never going to read it again. I don't... This is perfect. It goes back to the library, and I'll forget it as it slowly erodes away. The one thing I liked about that uh, Wolverine's uh, plural weekly series that followed uh, was that every once in a while, Wando did the art for an issue or two, and, and that was certainly worthwhile. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, you know, like I said, don't spend any, but if you can read them for <laughs> free, eh, it makes good 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 time readings. All right, I got one that you got to spend on. This is one for the bookshelf, as was the previous book that it is a sequel to, and as will be the third book that will follow it, making for a nice little hardcover trilogy on your bookshelf. And that is the Thanos Infinity Relativity original graphic novel oversized hardcover from Jim Starlin with inks by Andy Smith and uh, colors from uh, Frank D'Armada. And this is the sequel to the Infinity Revelation that came out several months ago. And in the Infinity Revelation, there were the, the basic deal, and obviously this doesn't sound too... Uh, out of bounds with what has been going on in the Marvel Universe of late. But what happened in the Infinity Revelation was that uh, Thanos came across an artifact of immense power and is seeking uh, what the origin of the power source is. And uh, Warlock, Adam Warlock of our dimension, um, and Thanos deal with the event of two dimensions combining as a big cosmic event and how this ends up happening is that in our dimension warlock becomes the supreme being in some way when it comes in contact with this uh immense power source and in this mirror dimension that dimension's thanos the same thing happens, and there's like cut pages where it's happening in mirror images, and our Thanos has to kill Warlock, and this other dimension's Warlock has to kill its Thanos, and the two dimensions combine, and Warlock is left with us from the other dimension. So the Warlock that was reborn in the Abnett and Lanning series um, that uh, Peter Quill had to shoot in the head and all that stuff (laughs) um, is replaced now. And so this was a clever way of having a reborn new Adam Warlock that has a lot of the same history of our Adam Warlock, but it is not the Adam Warlock that other people told stories with. Get my drift there? 
He's he's making he's making it his own Starlin warlock again. Which again, an interesting device to to do. And and after that, we had a four issue limited series, the Thanos versus the Hulk series, which the main um, purpose of that whole series was to reintroduce the teleporting Pip the Troll to the Marvel cosmic world and to also amp up Annihilus into this giant gamma-powered uh, Hulk, as strong as the Hulk type of uh, being who is, you know, like 10 feet tall and can uh, is a real contender now. And in the Infinity Relativity... Um, this second original graphic novel hardcover, we have Annihilus and uh, his lieutenant Blastar and his confidant um, advisor, Dr. Uh, Boltar. Uh, they are planning a invasion of Posi space from the negative zone, as Annihilus likes to do with this whole annihilation wave of bugs and everything, right? And now that we have this new warlock in town, we kind of see how he deals with things and how he's coming to terms with the fact that everyone that he knows knows him a little differently than he knows them. And there's some differences. And basically, it's meta of Starlin coming back and having characters that he handled for years. Heck, that he created uh, have had new versions of them done during the Abnett and Lanning annihilation stuff and, and subsequently, uh, and with the guardians of the galaxy, uh, the rise of the modern guardians of the galaxy and all that. So it's a kind of a way of fan of Starlin coming back to his characters and saying, you know, they're still the people that I know, but it's kind of weird that they're all a little bit different. Um, and, and some of the dialogue, uh, expresses that Gamora comments on her armor. Um, I guess, uh, you know, you know, look how my armor's updated. I guess someone thought I'd look like more threatening this way or something like that. Uh, but it, it, again, it's it's really enjoyable for someone who uh, has appreciated uh, Starlin's cosmic work you know, over the decades now. But Annihilus invades. They take down Gladiator of the Shi'ar because Annihilus he can take down someone as big as Gladiator now. And uh, Thanos explains to Warlock the fact that he isn't just the um, warlock of his reality, but he's actually the um, sum total of that reality. That reality didn't go away. It actually um, manifested itself within Warlock. So he is this power source that has all of a sudden popped up on the grid that Annihilus wants and that Thanos is kind of looking for and has now figured it out and everything, which is is kind of cool. There's plenty of action the versus the Annihilation Wave and stuff, and we get Thanos in, in as Thanos calls it, personal combat with the souped-up Annihilus for pages and pages. And Thanos even comments about having the foul memory of having once served Annihilus, referring to the, the Annihilation uh, miniseries and how Thanos was kind of really out of place um, and had real no reason to side with Annihilus during that series and that was one of my um, one of my few criticisms of that series back in the day but of course even though Thanos has everything planned and everything everything goes sideways and things get really desperate for our cosmic adventurers uh, there's this unknown player in the mix it's that Boltar guy um, he's a strategist and a planner and Thanos isn't used to that when dealing with Annihilus. He's used to just dealing with brute force and, and uh, you know, numbers with the Annihilation Wave. 
the whole thing ends n- not in any kind of wrap up. It ends in a totally major cliffhanger that I cannot spoil, but to be continued in the upcoming um, Thanos Infinity Finale original graphic novel. The way this ended, it is crazy, and it harkens back to, again, meta to what Starlin did with Adam Warlock back in the 70s. What was so different and weird that um, that Starlin did with, you know, how Warlock had to prevent himself from becoming the Magus, um... It, it all kind of is relived here in a different way, but it, it, he's doing the same thing to one of his other characters. It's really good. Good stuff. If you like the Starlin stuff, here it is. Modern, oversized, well, you know, with modern printing techniques and color, and uh, it's just so awesome to see Thanos drawn by Starlin and that face and that chin and that lip and the folds on the on his lips looking the right way and, and the voice being so correct. And uh, It's just my favorite Marvel stuff. It really is. We'll have to keep a lookout for that, Steve. Yes, you do. You really do. Read it. Yeah, yeah, I'll add it to the library. Do you guys want to hear more, uh, more not my library reads? <laughs> okay. What? Well, as opposed to my library, which is where the Thanos is. are from the public library. I read uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, the first two trades. I know we talked about the first issue, but it's mostly Al Ewing. Well, it's, he writes them all, but the main art duties are Lee, Garbett, and Nolan Woodard on colors. And then there is, in the second volume, there's a couple issue fill-in with uh, George or Jorge. I'm never sure how you go with that. Yeah. Cole Ho. And then uh, he has Lee Luffridge for his colorist on those. That's just a couple issues tucked in there. And it's kind of interesting because it's a nice change of pace. And, yeah, it's a real interesting read. I really, I, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I think it's fun. But this is the kid Loki who is purportedly free from some of the baggage of his past. But the whole series that weighs over him. And it interacts with a lot of classic and it goes back into his history and it pulls in you know, Lorelai and a lot of the other Asgardians. And um, I wasn't too up on what the current state of, you know, it was in Oklahoma, then it's back in space, and then Odin's gone, and then he's back. And then, you know, so it covers a lot of that. The other thing it suffers from, which is not its fault, is, uh, you know, all those events that go through, like the Axis and Original Sin and all that, they have to have their tie-in, which is a little... You know that I mean it works, but it's also like, oh man, they gotta they gotta lope that in. But I thought Ewing did a great job of keeping true to what they were telling yeah. and still having it like, in there. Like the ongoing subplot stuff is enough that it carries you through those events. Right. It even carries you through some of the um, adventures that uh, it's like some of the kind of main plots of some of the issues. Uh, the missions, if you will, um, are simply just that, and it's more like just wanting to advance some of that subplot stuff. It, 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 this is like the second iteration of Kid Loki. He's not um, all the way Kid Loki. He's now like you know, um, almost like young adult Loki yes. here. You know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> and he is performing duties for um, the All Mother of Asgard to make up for 
you know, to to rebalance the cosmic scales for all the cruddy stuff that his former self, the old eagle, evil uh, Loki, has done. But evil Loki still hangs around as like this little confidant uh, raven on Loki's shoulder and and visits him, you know, in dreams and ghostly and stuff, and has given him advice. And as the series progresses. He is making a play to take back over uh, the body of this Loki. And uh, towards the end of the series, which is where I'm at, I'm on the last few issues, and I realized it was getting so good I had to wait for a few issues to pile up so that I could read a few together uh, because that's how I found this series really reads best. It's a really fun, uh, like I said, see how how his character is advanced, and uh, I like getting a, a chunk of it at a time. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading these two trades. In fact, I was really bummed when I got to the end. It ends on a cliffhanger. And I went to, like, Marvel Unlimited, and they're not even up to this point or mm-hmm. anything. And I'm like, dang it. I want to know what's that Because I'm really... Uh, it's really dark. Mm-hmm. I will warn people. Like, it starts out super light and then just goes really dark. Wait till you but see where it have, goes, man. <laughs> they have a side character who's kind of interesting, um, Verity Willis. And her, she has a, a bizarre superpower. She can tell if you're lying to her, which makes a perfect companion for Loki. But she has no, like, she can't fight or cast powers or whatever, but she's involved. And that's an interesting because he's the Lord of Lies. And I go through a whole section where he can't tell lies anymore. Like, I was just like, this is really, I never would have thought there was really that much to plumb. And they did a great job. And like I said, they handled those events like a champ. I mean, what are you going to do? That's got to be no fun when you get the edict that, like, okay, we're, you know, because they know these things don't last very long. But I thought the team did great. And like I said, I, I Garbett um, and Woodard are do fine art shoes, and I really like it. But I love that mix-up right in the middle where it's, like, a completely different art style. And, the, and they go to, uh, that's where... They're in uh, Latveria, mm-hmm. the Doctor Doom stuff, Steve. Yeah. It's really fun. Just fun, fun, good stuff. I, I really, it surprised me. I can't wait for the last trade. Cool. And then, uh, Steve, did you read the Carnage and Hobgoblin Axis trade in, uh, tie in? I don't think I did. The main um, no, reason. No, you know is... what I did? I did. I Because they became good guys, right? Yeah, the main reason is Carnage. Uh, the writer is Rick Spears. Ah. <laughs> Which uh, those that listen to our sister show will know has done a series that we've all enjoyed. And I've just picked up the re- second issue of the second series. And uh, that's the auteur. The yeah, Moni. I just got the second He's issue right too. <laughs> Let me honor. tell you, uh, the Carnage is fine. <laughs> the auteur is way better. Like it's... <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's not even close. I mean, it was a, this is a fine read, but I was so excited to read the story. You know, the art is uh, German Peralta and Rain Barreto, so it's very like a painted, painted artwork for some of it. I can't, you know, and very lush. I mean, it's really nice, but I don't know. The auteur set such a high bar that I was a little. I'm like, oh, this isn't as crazy as the auteur. <laughs> yeah, that was more like, will you write this story for us? Um, and the auteur was uh, his own thing. Yeah. But anyways, if you're fans of him, just run that down just for that. And then 
it's only the one issue. It's mainly the the couple of Hobgoblin ones where it's that whole uh, he's running the Hobgoblin franchise, and it's battling between him and the Goblin King. But I and it's okay. But I that whole thing never really did anything for me to begin with. Um, I thought it worked as a Spider-Man thing, but those characters on their own, I'm not that yeah. interested in it. No, it was just silly to see or, Carnage being a good guy. Yeah. Right. And just seeing Rick Spears doing Marvel, I'm like, whoa, don't let that take you away from your day job. <laughs> Kevin, got any others to share? Uh, yeah, I was just going to do a, some quick hits because a lot of folks are wrapping up or pausing or uh, are still wrapping up. But uh, I enjoyed the conclusion to the 12 issue. Um, Iron Fist living weapon thing there by um, Harry Andrews and I want a Heroes for Hire book like that was that was my feeling after reading that like they they broke down Iron Fist and built him back up again and you know and they ended it all worked out yeah and they even connected his old cast together you know to it was a great twelve issues I, I found it pulled things from all the different eras of Iron Fist and really called back to those original stories while being plenty modern at the same time. Uh, I had a fun time telling Kari Andrews at the uh, uh, New York Special Edition a few weeks ago how much I enjoyed it. Then uh, Uncanny Avengers, which was a Remender, uh, Akuna type of thing, but uh, it was a little <laughs> little bit of a, a weird book because you know they, they had story beats to serve, and then they had the, like, there are other parts of their story that were really enjoyable, but I don't know. In the in the end, I, I wound up cheering as I got to the the final pages because depends if you're a fan of a certain era of Avengers. Like you're probably happy with the way things turned out, and other stuff you can just ignore if you don't want to think about it. <laughs> I haven't read any of that second. Um volume of Uncanny Avengers yet, but I've got them. I've got them to read. It kind of makes me wonder if the book's going to continue, but you know, we got another arc out of it anyways. And uh, I, th- I think Thor wound up wound up well with the whole res- level, uh, revelation of you know, who the, who the new Thor is, and then you had all these other characters from, basically everyone from Thor's list, like, shows up at one time. <laughs> So it's uh, it, it gets a lot easier to figure out who is who, and you get a, you get a nice uh, a nice battle and everything. And I'm looking forward to when when that book comes back. Keep another one that's still wrapping and and needs like a lot of extra space is uh, is the Daredevil thing. Yeah. So that that's going very interesting places right now, and I don't want to spoil like who shows up but it's quite interesting and and it's it's it seems like i'm not gonna say like anything's really permanent but things are definitely heading somewhere and it seems like it it'll probably set up like the next the next writer i have to imagine because it's it's pretty big doings right now they're really wrapping up two volumes of daredevil you know what i mean this creative team's been on it two volumes in a row. Crazy. So yeah, really excited for for Daredevil. It's Wade Insomnia has just just been incredible. 
Well, make sure you put on your to-read list, Kevin, um, at least the last three issues of the Guardians 3000 series. You know, we've painstakingly on this show gone over all of the original Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy stuff, and you and I had a lot of fun with the Abnett and Lanning uh, Guardians of the Galaxy reboot that inspired the movie uh, treatment and all that business. And I know we touched upon the first uh, issue or so of the Guardians 3000 book, and uh, I myself wasn't as much of a fan of the kinetic artwork, uh, and it was just so crazy. There was just so much... We didn't know what was going on with time and where characters were coming from and stuff. Uh, and the last, it's like I said, it's written by Dan Abnett, so it's a continuation of Abnett handling some of these characters. And the artist on the last three issues, issues uh, six, seven, and eight, is Nico Leon, who was not the artist on the um, first bunch of issues, who I think it was uh, Sandoval, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I could be mistaken, though. If not, it's in that family style of uh, of type of art. And uh, there's still some good Alex Ross covers uh, being provided, too, hearkening back to the original uh, cast of The Guardians. And the series basically has been all about time being broken. Um, events are being replayed and relived. Um, we've, we've got some of the classic Guardians of the Galaxy as the cast, Vance Astro, Martin X, Charlie 27, Yondu, and Starhawk. And they rescue a unique Earth girl from a Badoon labor camp named Gina Drake. And she's like this singular anomaly with a um, uh, like a sensitivity to the time shifts that are happening and to the disruptions. And she's remembering things through the time shifts and disruptions, uh, whereas other people are um, not. Uh, and all of a sudden re-meeting each other for the first time in this this sort of business. And then people who are with her start remembering through the time shifts as well. So she becomes a um, an anchor, to some degree, uh, of reality. And the Guardians here join forces with a Star-Lord. Uh, from He's like Star-Lord from the 70s era. Uh, he, he flies around, he's got the element gun, he's got the sentient ship, you know, that they're all flying around in. And they are wanting to go back to our era, to the source of where these time disruptions are occurring. And and stop it, right? The old go back in time and stop the thing so it doesn't mess up the future. And uh, how they're going to do this is they seek out this um, legendary sleeping old hunger um, who turns out to awaken when they approach, and it's Galactus. And he has awoken with Gina Drake's name on his lips. And and that's been enough to uh, reawaken this, this slumbering, you know, cosmic being. And the the sequence of him talking to Gina Drake, he, like, stops time for everybody else, and he's just talking to her one-on-one, and it's a really awesome sequence, his big old monolithic head talking to this little Earth person. And uh, it's 3014, but he says that in 2015, the universe will totally be unmade and that all realities are dissolving. And uh, his plan, he's going to ride it out like he's done before in like a cocoon or something and and pop out on the other side. Um, And he agrees to send Gina and her compatriots to the exact moments before the end of all things. And it's Earth 2015. And they come in in Star-Lord's 
sentient ship, they come in hot into the atmosphere. Um, but who guards people coming into Earth uh, against cosmic threats but our Guardians of the Galaxy? So it doesn't take long before they're confronted, and we've got the classic Guardians and you know our Guardians. It's the team-up that had to happen, right? And, you know, yeah. Star-Lord meets Star-Lord, and he's like, my ship! And he's like, wait a minute, your ship? No, my ship! And like, hey, you've got brown hair, you've got blonde hair, what's the deal with that? Um, but it's Dan Abnett at the helm, so they totally reference the new team taking the name from the old team from Vance, and um, Peter Quill realizes that the other is him as he was in the past. It's really fun. Even Nikki shows up, and she's pissed off that some of them don't recognize ever having been with her. And again, it's all kind of meta um, because it's <laughs> Abnett writing, um, having Vance not remember being with our Times Guardians of the Galaxy during Abnett's own series, and then commenting on Nikki, um, who Abnett left out of that series. So, and then he's having her basically like yell at him for having them all forget her. It's just a heck of a lot of fun. Um, Starhawk connects everyone so that they all end up knowing each other's um, publishing history to date so that everyone's kind of <laughs> caught up with the iterations as we know them, which was a really clever way um, to do that. And again, also so meta. But here's the cool thing, guys, as if what I've already explained isn't cool. The trigger of the time collapse in our time is discovered to be a house in suburban forest hills. Does that ring any bells oh. for you? Yup. Oh. It's Michael and Karina Korvac's house. And he's home. It's so good, man. The original Guardians of the Galaxy, who were there the first time uh, for, you know, back in the Avengers when we had the original Korvac saga. And now we have that those Guardians with the new Guardians uh, facing off nostalgically against Korvac. There's so many callbacks and references. There's panels where their time shifts are having faster and faster, and they go from being in the old yellow spacesuits from 1969 to female Starhawk to Alita Starhawk to all the different versions of Vance and Charlie 27 with the mask, with the brush cut. Oh, it, they're just flipping back and forth. It's so much fun if you know some of the history or if you've joined us uh, covering some of that, that past history. The thing that is also very clever that Abnett does and connects it to the whole Secret Wars is that what Korvac is doing is he's dismantling time because he's going to reset reality. And why he's doing that is because the end of the universe is coming. It's, it's the final incursion, and it's his, he, he, this is his plan to subvert it and to make it through. And they end up actually stopping him, and then at the last minute, while he's defeated, realizing, holy cow, actually, maybe you should restart reality and, um, you know, see if you can do it. It's probably our only chance. And then um, he fails, and, and there is only Secret Wars. Hmm. But Sounds like fun, but if the sounds like the artist uh, probably had a lot of reference to... Like, do all the different versions. Oh, so much fun. And and now, knowing that one of the Secret Wars titles that we'll cover on an upcoming episode, because we're going to cover all those Secret Wars tie-in number ones, is the Korvac saga. It's going to be 
Korvac, and I mean, this is why they made it through to Battle World. This is huh. it was it, it's cool. That sort of gives extra purpose to that series. Exactly, and connects the cosmic to the Battle World, which again keeps being my um, curiosity all through this is how does this connect to the cosmic characters and, and where are the stars <laughs> right so <laughs> so check out those last yeah, few issues nowhere, of guardians yeah i guess that an issue of nowhere the tie-in hasn't come out yet they like they must have questions about about stuff like that too or maybe not i don't know i can't wait can't wait to find out yeah. all right well that's a good run through of some of the books we've been reading here that uh, aside from the usual Secret Wars tie-ins. And uh, gosh, I, I'm telling you, Kevin, Guardians 3000, right up your alley. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining me to do this. Appreciate it. It's always a good time to oh, be in the virtual bunker. Um, reading list. Uh, we're going to be covering the Silver Sable series from the 90s. Uh, we Are we? Ta- we keep talking about doing Emperor Doom. <laughs> we got to cover that. Another time Doom took yes. over reality. And uh, a few other items that actually are all on, or many at least are on, the Marvel Unlimited service. Um, any issue 250 of any of your Marvel uh, favorite Marvel series that have made it to that number. We'll be covering those milestones on episode 250. And, and Doctor Who magazine? <laughs> No nope. Marvel okay. UK. Uh, okay. And uh, Secret Warriors, the Hickman uh, series there that uh, with Stefano Caselli. We're going to cover that sometime in an upcoming month. And when we get to Halloween season, we're going to hit the Tomb of Dracula series. So those are all, uh, all the Secret Warriors and all the Tomb of Draculas, I believe, are on the Marvel Unlimited. And speaking of Marvel Unlimited, there should be another one of those... Uh... Headed everyone's way eventually. Keep it up, keep it up. The infiltration has begun. Something like like a pun, like an unlimited related pun. Unlimited, Marvel unlimited, unlimited comics unlimited fun. <laughs> You're unlimited. And welcome back to the Unlimited, where we spotlight what we've been reading on Marvel Unlimited. An all-commonwealth segment, as we call it, I guess. Uh, with me, we have Dan and Andrew. Andrew Shaw, that is. How did you guys find, or, like, in terms of searching comics? Like, the wait, the, the, does it have an app? Is there a Marvel Unlimited app? Yeah. For what, like, iOS? Yeah, at least iOS. There there might be an Android yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, I've got yeah. Okay. I'm uh I got the yeah. Surface tablet. It's like a like a PC. Like it's just a Windows thing. It's a laptop. It, <laughs> it's uh it doesn't have a thing. Oh, well I mean it it has an App Store, but I did a search and it's not there. So I'm just using the web web um uh-huh. thing. I mean it like reading, it's fine, but it's just like when I'm looking for comics and 
getting the next one and whatever. It's, it seems to load a bit slow. Yeah, it, same thing with desktop. With the initial load up of stuff, it's like, I don't know, mm. it's always been slow. Sometimes I just Google search, like, Marvel Unlimited and then the issue name. So I get yeah, it, I think like, that's uh, that's easier. Yeah. Rather than like doing the search from the Marvel Unlimited website or Mar- Marvel website, and I got to make sure that I select comics and not like all because it'll just pull up all the news things. Yeah, because they sort of have everything just in one place. So you're like, oh, it's on here. No, it isn't. <laughs> Try reading some comics on an iPod. That's always that's always challenging. So that's why oh. I knew of the app. I'm like, sometimes I'm desperate. <laughs> He <laughs> joins in for comics. <laughs> you guys read it on your phone ever? I tried a long time ago and I hated it. Mm. Like, there there are some comics that aren't like don't have um, like complicated panel layouts. Like I can just read panel per panel. Like I read some indie comics like that. It's it's all right. Yeah. But yep. like with some of the Marvel stuff, when when they play with the layout of the page, and, right. and yeah. double page double page yeah. spreads, just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, but like something gonna... with like a nine-panel grid. All right. Yeah, this is gonna sound you know typical Canadian type of thing, but uh, yeah, during the intermission at the hockey game, uh, Atomic Robo, you know, reads pretty well. <laughs> 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 but yeah, some Marvel books not so much. You guys mentioned uh, Secret. Was it Secret Invasion? Someone mentioned Secret Invasion. Yeah, um... I said Secret. I think Andrew read this as well recently because when he was asking me, oh, well, any ideas what to read? That I don't know. Somehow it came into my mind, the Black Panther um, Secret Invasion yes. with oh, uh, Jason yeah. Aaron and Hefte Palo. That was gross. I was going to say, why would you why would you recommend Secret Invasion? But yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, it's three issues. It's during the Black Panther. And, and I think after, after that, it, they just stopped. Uh, Black Panther, like the, yeah, the, the last I think that was the last one. I wonder yeah. if, it, if it is it the one that um, afterwards he goes to uh, Hell's Kitchen, and like Black Panther Man of Fear, like kind uh, of instead of a uh, Daredevil, like yeah. when Daredevil leaves or something. I don't think it's directly after. Yeah, Daredevil goes to. Mm. Or, or maybe there was a bit of a break. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, th- I thought like rereading it now, I thought. That's how that's how they should have uh, the event. That's how they should have settled the event instead of just like everyone come to Central Park or whatever that big park is and just fight it out. Like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> what's the bell? Was that like that's it? Like, let's stop talking. No, I'm after fighting. That's me clanging glasses together. All right, <laughs> don't drink in podcast, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought they like because uh, look without them spoiling too much, they do uh, beat the scrolls at their own game, and uh, I, I kind of wish I didn't say that because anyone who hasn't read it, it's it's really um, it's worth a read, and it's uh, yeah, it's that's how I would prefer um, like oh at least like with the secret invasion um, event, the the build up to it was like really for for me anyway i was really excited about yeah. it i remember when the first is- issue came out i wanted like i got out of um like i was working in the city and i, I was like a 10 minute walk away from the comic store and like i, ca- I couldn't wait till lun- my lunch break so i could go get it but uh after a while i was like eh, it's just all right i mean I, I didn't hate it yeah but uh it was just all right like after years of like building up 
they kind of just fought it out like you know fight like a big fight in central park so yeah i think they, too that they usually start a lot, well a lot of those um a lot of the events recently have had like even if the event's not that great there's always been a mini series or a little tie in that's been really good oh yeah yeah Menger's initiative was pretty good around that time because they actually had some scroll members and like some of them had like reformed oh yeah okay then they got i guess i'll just just say what it was they actually got murdered but by one of them like the 3d man and he was like the the scroll killer and he's just like what's the big deal it was just a scroll and everyone was like oh i think i remember oh yeah i do i I do remember reading that and he was he'd been fighting them all over america and then all of a sudden he turns like oh there's one he shoots him in the face and it's like everyone's like no no he's our friend he's like no no he's a scroll and they it had been going through the scroll story of how he needed to stay in his, you know, stay away from being a scroll, and he was trying to hide, and he'd done all this heroic stuff, and he'd helped them, you know, he a little bit of what he'd done helped turn the tide and that sort of thing, and then he gets shot mm. in the head. Yeah, yeah, like that was a pretty big book. I, I I found that better than the the main series. Like there was, it just seemed like a, a lot of good character beats, and then a lot of important battles and stuff were going on in that book. Yeah, that was a good book. Did you see the Secret Invasion adaption on the uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, where they did like two or three episodes? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one. I think that was I think uh, it, they did a pretty off... good job of like condensing everything down into you know cartoony bits for the show. Oh yeah, because I mean they didn't have like years to uh, let let the story unfold. I think it started off at the last episode of the first season. Like it yeah. was revealed that um someone one of them is a scroll, and then it. Just kind of. Was, that's not the newer one, is it? That's not. That was the older series, the older cartoon. Or yeah, Earth, Earth Mightiest Heroes. The good one, the one that ended up having like <laughs> fist and stuff in it. What was the new one like? Oh, not I, as good. Yeah, I, I, in terms of like the anime, because I remember watching the first one or two episodes, and like everyone's just being a jerk to each other. That's not what I want to watch. No, I, yeah, I, I think the animation is pretty terrible on the Avengers one from. I don't know, maybe they've improved it. Like, I always thought Ultimate Spider-Man, like the current one, or Web Warriors, wh- whatever they've retitled it, like, mm. that one seems to have, like, the most money behind the animation. And oh, the yeah. other ones are just, like, subpar in comparison. I saw the Hulk one. It, uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the Avengers one jumps between 3D and normal animation, too. Oh, wow. So it's okay. it, it's very jarring. I wish they just kept the old, um, like the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, yeah. Like even if it's not that style, but maybe the same studio, just get them to do like consistently that, like the animation. Yeah. That show was great. It was. Yes. I'm trying to think of what else I've read. Oh, I started reading. I started reading Uncanny X Force by Remender. Oh. Which oh. I, I read, read that recently, but not um. Yeah. Well, I have. I've read a fair bit of it originally, and I have the issues somewhere around. But I think I've got gaps in the run. Okay. So I thought I'd just jump in and read it and have a bit of fun with it and see how we go. Mm. I remember at the time I read up to the like the first Deathlock issue and then just stopped. So, like, you know, with Marvel Unlimited, I just read the whole thing from yeah. start to finish. I think it took me like two days or whatever. Just read yeah. it all. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. is. It is too good fun. He, uh, he writes a really good Deadpool, I think, too. Mm. Where he's not, he's not as fourth wall breaking, but he's just weird. <laughs> He's it's like, weird you know, because then, like, he kind of acts sane sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's weird to me. And it's like, everyone has that friend who's just that bit strange. Mm. And he, Deadpool's more like that than, 
you know, when he's just wacky and crazy. Yeah, he's not just clowning around. It's just weird and then like, oh my gosh, he's sane now. He's the sanest person at the moment in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like, the, there's a part in it where, oh, I guess it's an older comic now, you can spoil it, when they find out that Apocalypse is a kid. Yeah. And um, Phantom X shoots him in the head. Mm. And then Deadpool's like, yeah, no, I'm not part of this anymore. We, I, I may be crazy, I may be stupid and insane, but I don't kill kids. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, uh, yeah. It just surprised me every now and again. Like he'd say something like that. With, like I thought you were supposed to be a crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's did I in mind with like the Deadpool. Like when I re- read the Joe Kelly stuff, you know he was pretty funny. But you know he's he sort of he didn't want to super cross the line. Like he teamed up with Daredevil, and he had just weird relationships with people like Siren and Typhoid Mary and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that Joe Kelly runs very dark too. It goes yeah. to really dark places. That's what you do with the humor books, though. Everyone's like always remembers. Oh yeah, it was real jokey. You go back and you're like, yeah, they actually tackled some serious stuff there too. Yeah, and he was still picking up assignments from like the what's it? Not the assassins. It was assassins guild. I don't know. It was just like some yeah, weird place. They, they all lived in a big house together and they would get jobs together and things like that. Yeah, it was interesting. Do you guys ever read that um, Deadpool? When Rob Liefeld came back and did some Deadpool no. issues, I think a bunch of years ago. They read one or two. Uh, there, there was a lot of them. I think it was when they had like four ongoing uh, Deadpool books. That was kind of insane. Yeah. Like I didn't know which one to um, read, but um, whichever one I read, I don't even remember which one. It was all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I, I don't like when, when you ask me who's your favorite character, it's a, it's not like I ever think Deadpool, but when I pick up a Deadpool book, I kind of mostly just enjoy myself. Yeah, they're good fun. I always think the greatest issue is when he inserted himself into an old Amazing Spider-Man issue. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, they've done that a lot in the new series with um, Jerry Duggan writing, Yeah. where in between story arcs they have like a, here's a Marvel issue we had in the vault for years, but we never <laughs> used because we haven't, haven't needed to, and it's Deadpool fighting drunk Tony Stark and oh. <laughs> Deadpool with Luke Cage in the old tiara and yellow shirt. And... Oh, I think I read that one. I, yeah, was that yeah. the one you told me to read? I think so. It's just, <laughs> like, they're really they're really well written. Was it the one where the villain is, like, a guy, like, he's dressed all in white and it's, like, the, what's his name? Like, the white man or the, the something? Yeah, and they kept making fun of him for calling himself the white man. They're like, whoa, whoa, it's a bit, a bit too much. Yeah. I think for me the biggest... Not the, I wouldn't call it a problem. Like it's sort of a, it's the epitome of a first world problem. Is trying to work out what to read. Oh like, yes. Like sitting there going, oh, oh, I really want to read that, but I want to read that too, and oh man, well, I won't read that just yet, and just flicking through everything. I find it easy when it's like, um, it's just a two or three issue arc. Then all right, let's do it. I can do it in one sitting. Yeah. But uh, like I, I want to get stuck into it like a long run. It's just I'm thinking about oh I got to do this later today. Or whatever. Yeah, I got. I got to be in a podcast, so can't can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like, uh, I'm looking forward. I, I have like like I said earlier, I have a list of um things that I want to read. So I'll just I don't know. Maybe I'll just do a random like throw a dart or whatever. Yeah, I actually one. looked up reading orders before for like a bunch of Hulk books yeah. and stuff like that, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna mainline. I think it was like World War Hulks and like. All that type of era of stuff. Oh, okay. Did you read all that uh, back then? 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe maybe a a thing here or there, but not like all the main stuff. Same thing with Shadowland. Okay. Like I think I just read Daredevil and I didn't read like the main series and everything. And I'm like, well, this is this seems like the the Marvel Unlimited binge reading type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a big uh, Hulk reader, but back then I remember um like when he got sent into space, I thought. Oh, okay, I might just try this out. And then I just kept getting it because I want to know uh, more. So, I don't know, I might uh, revisit that, add that to the list. And you can go into, um, on Comixology, oh, sorry, on Comix- I keep calling it Comixology, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited. If you have a look up, the, like when you go to the browse section, there's comic events. And you can go into, say, like you wanted to read World War Hulk. And so you go to World War Hulk and you can start it from the start and it gives you not only the main series, but then the Ghost Rider issue that comes in next, then the Incredible oh, Hulk, wow. and, uh, Ant-Man, then something else, and it gives you the exact reading order. Okay, that's useful. It's yeah. not for every single thing, but then you can do, like, the Civil War one is massive. Yeah, I, um, I, I imagine it would be really helpful to have some curated lists and all that laid out for people so they don't really have to search around. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I haven't done it with this one yet, but I'm wondering if it... If you if you go into it that way, if it continues on, or whether you like you get into say Civil War X Men number three, and then it takes you to number four instead of going to what is Wolverine number forty six, which is next. Hmm. So I wonder if that works like that. Yeah. Because there's there's a hundred and one issues of Civil War comics. Oh jeez. Wow. But it's, it's a clever the... way to do it. It's smart. I like the idea of it. Is that the biggest event in terms of uh, tie-ins and things? Have you looked at other? Events on there. I'm sort of flicking through stuff now, and I would say so. I'm thinking, what it's... about a banner like Dark Rain? Like, what if you just read all that? It would be it would be depressing, but mm. that wasn't so necessarily actually... an event, right? I mean, no, there was it. It was like a banner yeah. just across their books, type of thing. Mm. There's Dark Rain in there, and it's 192 comics. <laughs> oh, okay, jeez. Because it's got anything that's got a Dark Rain heading above the top, above it, like Deadpool and Invincible Iron Man and Thunderbolts and Miss Marvel and I think every, everything was just dark green back then. Yeah, it was pretty much every, it was every book. <laughs> yeah, and Norman Osborn would come into your book and just start beating you down. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. You guys read any other events? I did. We'll go back and read Civil War. Just the just the hmm. original mini. Hmm. It does not hold up well. Okay. I, mean, I kind of is it mainly because that. people acting like jerks? Yeah, it's like. Especially if you've read a lot of, say, Captain America. Like, I don't read a lot of Iron Man, but I always read Captain America. It's not him. Mm. Like, he, you know, usually in his books, he would rather talk to people than beat the crap out of them. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, ultimate Cap, because, you know, Miller just... Yeah, it's very much ultimate Cap, I'd say. So, yeah, maybe just that's how he he wants to write Cap. Yeah. Uh, mm. But just it just seemed like everybody seemed a bit off. Yeah, even yeah. Uh, like Reed. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like, just Spider Man would never take his mask off for that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and like, especially in a lot of the series you read, like Tony Stark would never ask him to do that. Yeah. In the first place, so it's I don't know. It, I mean, at the time, I remember thinking, is everyone being mind controlled somehow? Is like, is it going to be revealed that Doom is actually orchestrating all this? But apparently not. No, Doom was practicing uh, how to rule the world there, I think, at that point, again. But then, 
I think it's the scrolls because people there, there were scrolls like had been embedded for a long time since then. I think. Mm. But it just I don't like seeing the heroes fight heroes. It just doesn't yeah. work for me. It's the Marvel Yeah, look, I think if it's though. if it was a what if, it would have been fine. And there 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 was actually a what if where like a what if civil war where they sorted things out and it like kind of became this Avengers world thing where well we sorted out our differences and now we're teaming up and we save the world or whatever. Yeah. So, huh. I like I, I would have rather like remember reading it. Yeah, that's how I'd rather it turned out. <laughs> Everyone worked it out and <laughs> saved the world. Exactly. That's what heroes do. That's why I read comics for. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I remember not hating it as much as everyone because, I mean, it's kind of like, like it's sad that heroes fighting heroes. But in terms of just the story, if it was just a what if or it, if it happened in the Ultimate Universe, all right. Yep. Some interesting uh, moments and things. Yeah, but it make, it makes more sense in the um, Ultimate Universe because they're all jerks to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think after years, like decades or whatever, however time works in uh, Marvel, they wouldn't like go and try to fight each other like that. But yeah, and like let's enlist villains to uh, to kill our um our friends oh, or whatever. Like exactly. All right. Well, then let's name these things Cape Killers. That was a oh, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the Nova tie-in too, where like Iron Man's like. Where were you, Nova? And then he's like, uh, saving the universe from the annihilation wave? The Civil War kind of didn't matter on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, only, it's only you jerks fighting it out. We don't care up here. Uh, I think they did a what if um, around that time of like, what if the annihilation wave made it to Earth, which is also on Marvel Unlimited, which I should revisit. They, they did some, I think, I'm not sure if that was the, like the first few, but... I don't know. What, usually, when they bring something back like that, like the first few are like the better ones, and then they sort of like yeah. running into the ground again. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole run. I think Steve Raker and I did it a few years ago. We did a, a segment on what if the, the original run, and I've got a whole run of it in single issues, and it's it's such fun comics. But then later on, it just seemed like, especially recently, like we've had you know here is Siege, and then three weeks later here's what if Siege. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll give it some time to sink in first. It's also hilarious that all those old what if stories are like actual stories now. What if Spider-Man's yeah. clone actually survived? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if uh, people just like read some old what ifs and thought, okay, that kind of like seems like a good idea. Now let's do that. Well, there's one in 2004. Is what if General Ross had become the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Jeff Lowe just uh, was reading some, uh, read that and thought, yeah, I could make that into a, like, yeah, a 17 issue series or whatever. Yep. Or what if Jessica Jones had joined the Avengers? Well, she kind of <laughs> did. <laughs> I also love the one Avengers cover where it says, are any of these people one of the new Avengers? And it's like literally, like, except for I think Rom, it's like every character joins the Avengers, <laughs> like Luke Cage, <laughs> Spider Woman, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Yes, I know that one. I know that cover. I think they I have think... a good selection of what if on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Like not the they not do. the Conan stuff, but yeah. Oh, they're the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Conan. I think it's the second Conan one, which has one of my favorite panels of all time, where he knocks on the girl's door and he's wearing a pimp suit and he's got a <laughs> cheetah on his paint. <laughs> what was what was the deal with that? Like, why did he have that? Like, what's the story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what if it's what if Conan was in our time, 
Oh, okay. And <laughs> he'd it, be a pimp. pimp there's a out. first. There's a first issue that happens, and he goes back to his um, his universe. But the second one, I think, is like, what if he hadn't gone back and he just stayed here? No, oh, he'd be a pimp. So he's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. And then, what if Captain America like got defrosted in like the modern age? I think yeah. Mark Wade did a like a limited series like basically with that concept later on too. So. But even stuff like, you know, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at this, it's got 29 of the issues, it hasn't got everything on there. Yeah, I think I got the, a bunch of issues and then I was able to secure the, the trades later because because of your crazy recommendations, buy it, you need what if, and I'm like, yes, I do need what if. Some of the most depressing 70s Marvel comics, <laughs> for sure. I was going to say, there's one of the what ifs is a massive spoiler for a current series that's going on. <laughs> oh, what? Like what, Secret Wars? No, What If Number 10 is a massive spoiler for a Thor series that's going on at the moment. Oh, yes. Mm, okay. Oh, okay, sure. Oh, you mean, um, yeah. Uh, do, do we spoil it? doesn't mean out that long. Do we spoil it? Well, maybe just put a warning. Skip, like, a minute. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I mean, I've read it, so I don't care. Yeah, What If Number 10 is um, What If Jane Foster Found the Thor- Hammer of Thor. Hmm. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> See, I thought she was one of the um, like possible options, her or the shield agent. Oh yeah, and like even when Thor like discounted yeah. her, I thought, well, that's not really discounting. Like you know, it doesn't mean she's not that. Like she's not Thor or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's a misdirect. It was fine. Yes, I thought Still they were going it. in that direction, but then I'm like, no, that's probably too obvious. You think they they'll um... they also with the, with yep. the what if books? They can't use the um, Shang Chi one either. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, because Fu Manchu is, you know, what if he was a disciple of Fu Manchu and yeah. they're not allowed to use Fu Manchu anymore. What is exactly the deal with um, the, the Fu Manchu stuff? It's is owned it... by uh, Roma Sachs, I think they're called. Yeah. And I don't know whether Marvel had the rights to use him in the first place or oh, they sure. just took back every single rights of anyone who's ever used him, so you're just not allowed to use him at all. The rights might be different in different countries, too. Like, if you could publish them, like, in one country, you'd be like, well, we can't really do that in another one. So it's, it's too much of a hassle, probably, too. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I know that Marvel just can't use him at all, which is why the majority of Shang-Chi stuff will never be reprinted, either. You hmm. say that. As soon as someone says that, it's reprinted. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we live in that age. But, yeah, that seems to yeah. be one of the ones. I think that and Rom will just never see the light of day again, unfortunately. Yeah, I was surprised we saw that Godzilla series from Marvel again where he's, like, fighting a sewer rat. And, like, he goes yeah. into space what? and he fights mad scientists. And it's, it's like, the greatest Godzilla series ever. Like, they should put that up there. When was this? Oh, 70s? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he fights Red Ronin and he fights the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and... Doesn't he team up with, like, a Dum Dum Dugan? Like, I remember a panel with the yeah. Dum Dum in it. And it's just, it's just, they just can't, re- I don't think they've got the rights for Godzilla anymore. Oh, yeah, it was like a but, one, one-time one printing of the Essential, and then I, like, remember buying that, and then going to a convention, and, like, they're, they had, like, they're giving copies out for free. I'm like, ah, oh, breaking my heart. <laughs> yeah. Now it's very hard to find. I gotta make a list of all these comics that, um, next time I visit that, like, old comic store in the city, yep. I gotta look for it. I think they had some, uh, they might have had some Shang-Chi stuff, but it was, like, not cheap i mean not necessarily expensive but like it might be worth it if you're really into it so maybe yeah might yeah. get it 
Yeah, I've got most of the run for that uh, on the cheap. It's just once you get closer into like the teens of like the first appearances in the book, then mm. it gets a little pricey. Okay, sure. Well, I can't imagine it getting cheaper. So, <laughs> like, if I want some, I might do it now. Yeah, that, that's gonna be like what one hundred issues that will, will never be on Marvel Unlimited. Like, that's a lot mm. of issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. What do you guys wish was on? Um, like, have you? You know, looking through stuff on Marvel Unlimited, you wish was there. Like, you didn't find it and, ah, I wish this was here. Anything? There's a lot of stuff that's missing. Like, Doctor Strange, there aren't a a lot of the old stuff is very two or three issues and there's a massive gap. Oh, yeah. Which is annoying. Um, Same with, uh, like, Werewolf by Night, there's only one issue up. Oh, okay. There's just big gaps in runs. What about the Moon Knight stuff? How's the Moon Knight coverage? Uh, it starts at um, like there's it starts with like you know old Spider-Man issues and stuff, but the main series starts with Finch and Houston. Yeah. So his solo, he's uh, only his solo titles start there. So there's nothing before, you know, the nineties, I think. But you know, his Marvel Knight stuff, which is two thousand, but yeah, unfortunately, because all the good stuff. I mean, it does have. Out of that Finch Houston run, and that goes till it's thirty issues. The last six issues are the best in the whole run, where he goes down to Mexico and um, with the Punisher and fights two Lucha Libre guys. And <laughs> it's, it's great. It's really good fun. It's a great <laughs> run, and it's um Hefte Palo art. Oh, Ooh. okay. Wow, a lot. A lot of the stuff that I've like been rereading or want to reread. He's the artist. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's I love his stuff. He did that Taskmaster series as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's in my um to read list. It's, there's a lot of uh, wacky character designs in there. Is he doing yeah. anything at Marvel right now? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I wonder if he's doing like one of the Secret Wars tie-ins, but no, I haven't read. I usually don't notice him until like afterwards. Like I realize that oh, I love this series, and oh, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking run. for um, was that? I'm just thinking, like, we already covered, like, like Doom 299 or something like that. Like, I have the issues, but, like, sometimes I just want to, like, do a quick reference or something. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't want to break out issues. Like, oh, Thunderbolts! What, what, obviously, I want Thunderbolts on there. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. Much, uh, how much Thunderbolts are on there? Uh, I think it's lacking. Oh. Is it at least, like, from the Ellis Thunderbolts onwards? It's got to be. Mm. Uh... It's a bit all over the place. Just looking at it now, like it doesn't start till one hundred. Oh well. Yeah. I was looking for some. Uh, well, I guess we were mentioning uh, Black Panther earlier. Actually, um, like the old Marvel Knights stuff, I wasn't able to find much. There is like, some on there. I was looking for uh, Punisher, the Garth Ennis Punisher. I think eventually it became Max. Yeah. Like started off Marvel Knights and then became Max. I'd, uh, I'd love to yeah, read yeah. that stuff. Any Max? Like, there's no Max stuff in there, is there? No. Mm. I think they're trying to keep it a bit more family-friendly. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Because the Max stuff can be very violent or... Like, um, what's, that, what's that Jessica Jones series, Alias? Isn't on there at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not for the kids. Yeah. Is, I wonder if it's at least on uh, Comixology. I think it is. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. At least there's that. Uh, okay. I think there was a Loki. I'm not sure if it's Marvel Knights or like the you know how um like years later they did the Marvel Knights um imprint 
not the original one, but like just comics that are kind of out of con- continuity. The, yep. There was a Loki mini by uh, Essa Ribic and something Rody. Oh, sure um, here it is. Writer. It's on here. Oh, is it? Uh, Rob Rody, Essa Ribic, uh, Loki number one. Yeah, it's on there. Oh, okay. I wasn't able. You know what? I'm gonna just gonna Google it because, <laughs> like, Loki. when I search from the Marvel thing, it doesn't work sometimes. It's 2004. It was done. Yeah, sounds about right. So there's there's a lot of good stuff on there, but then, like, you, I I found a couple of things where, like, man, there's not much man thing on there, and there's, oh. you know, all the stuff that we'd want to read. <laughs> yeah. But then I think too that where the three of us are probably very different to a lot of people. Mm. In that we we want to read these strange characters, but then there's all there's lots of Howard the Duck on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe because of his movie appearance. But like you know, it goes from Howard the Duck number one with the old series, the um, Steve Gerber stuff, which is the best stuff, to issue what thirty three. So, which I think is the majority of the series. I think it was I was wrong, one. by the way. Uh, it wasn't Marvel Knights. The Loki, I just. Had a look. Maybe it's just regular, not Marvel Knights, but yeah, I remember it's a pretty good series. Nice art. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? I was gonna say I wanted some like '90s oddballs to be on mm. there. Like, like I always had my like Spider-Man in one hand, and then like some like Dark Hawk in the other hand. So I'm like, it'd be cool to see something like that. I can't believe they actually put a Dark Hawk trade out, but I don't think they're gonna continue with that series. At least for some time. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of 90s, although it was just um, like at year 2000, but it started off in the 90s. The Iron Man, um, like after Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return, Iron Man. I remember um, like there was some talk about the Joe Casada run. Mm. So I read some of that, um, some issues of that. It's the one I read the one specifically where um, his armor gained sentience. Oh. And. Uh, Kind of takes things too far. Yeah, uh, I, I thought they were going to touch upon that during the um, like the Iron Man three movie because in the trailer there was a scene where they're like uh, Tony and Pepper in bed and then the armor comes to them, comes to them like in a menacing kind of way. So I thought it was going to be that, but uh, apparently not. I, I thought it w- would have been a good dumb um, thing to do f- with the movie, but um, yeah, I thought the the five issue arc was all right. It, there, there was a repeating thing where the the first page is he just says the the same line throughout the five issues, but like each issue things kind of get worse and worse because like, the armor's just screwing things up. So it's all right. Yeah, I think I enjoyed yeah I haven't that. read much nineties. <laughs> yeah, I really should do like some new warrior spotlight or something mm-hmm. like that because I you know I always enjoyed the or I always threaten that I'm gonna. Read like uh, the Green Goblin series or the Slingers series or oh. or something like that. Well, there's that only like? one issue of the original New Warriors. It's the first issue, and that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys read the new? I don't know if they call it new New Warriors when um after um the mutants lost their powers and it was made up of like former mutants, I think. Yeah, that's but like right. now they're just humans, but they do stuff. I think Jubilee was in it. Yeah, that's oh, another. I, that. I don't know if they've like re- ever recaptured like that new Warriors feeling. Like, even if they use some of the same members, mm. like, that yeah. was a decent series, but it wasn't really like New Warriors. It was it, they were like using a name, but yeah, yeah. There's new Thunderbolts on there. What's new Thunderbolt? <laughs> I have no idea. 
It's just called New Thunderbolts. Yeah, they added a new to it at one point. I think after it got... I, should I be going into this? I'm, like, spoiling my own segment. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you stay away from it. We'll leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. <laughs> or if and, other Andrew listens, then he'll be like, oh, that's what's coming up. Yes, okay. <laughs> Ooh, I just found something I want to read now. New what? Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Oh, okay. But it's... Looks like it's Werewolf by Night. And... Was that recent? Like, War, I mean, Warwolf, 2000s? Mummy, Frankenstein, the Zombie, Vampire by Night. Ooh. I remember seeing that on the stand. 2005. Oh, okay, yeah. sure, yeah, 2000s. I cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think it did that well. That's on the list. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my list as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to have a to-read list, and then it just got wildly out of control, so now I'm just, like, trolling, like, the new release lists instead, because I'm just like, this list is, is too bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's been good that I've been, you know, you can catch up on series. Like, there's been a few things that I've been buying, like uh, the latest run of Secret Avengers that I had bought a few issues of and then hadn't put it on my pull list and then forgot about it and missed a few. But it's all, you know, up to date on there, or six months ago, but it's all close to, I think it's 13 issues are up. So it's good. It's good in that yeah. one too. Even though I read, like, Spider-Verse, what I wanted to, like, month to month, and now it's showing up on there, I'm, like, I'm catching all the other stuff that I didn't buy. Yeah, exactly. And that's in that, um, when I was talking about the comic events run, it's in there, too. That's good. Like, the newspaper Spider-Man is <laughs> shows up there. Oh. But you know what, like, the yeah. first panel is, like, recap, and the last panel is set up new action. So, oh, like... you know what? It's not all up there yet. Not all of Spider-Verse is on there yet. Yeah, that's what I figured. It was like one of those. Uh, I don't know if it was Moreland, but one of those, one of those guys went after, like the newspaper strip, and he keeps oh, on recapping himself, and then yeah, that's brilliant. And yeah. Moreland just keeps going. What are you? Why? What are you? We just saw that. What are you yeah. talking? About? <laughs> are you brain damaged? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, the Edge of Spider Verse number two, which is the Spider Gwen first appearance, which goes for a very pretty penny on eBay these days. Did you get that? I've got it in print, and I'm very tempted to sell it on eBay because huh. it's worth so much money. Wait yeah. till the like if they ever make a movie or something. Oh man! <laughs> but at one point, I think it was going for like three or four hundred dollars. Oh wow! It's just insane. I only bought. It'd the be good to print. know. Um, like it'd be good to have like a, a good feel for um like what which characters are gonna hit it big. So then you could just buy like five copies or more. Like if you know, yeah. okay, this is what's gonna be good. Exactly. That's what sort of happened with like Ultimate Spider-Man. I like bought the first issue. I'm like, this is never gonna amount to anything, and I never bought the second or third issue. And it only came back to the title with like issue seven or eight, and then later on, you're like, wow, this is a thing, isn't it? Huh. <laughs> anything else you guys been reading? Or I've been reading a lot of current they... stuff. Like I've been kind of keeping up with like Guardians of the Galaxy or like Black Widow huh. or Moon Knight, Hulk, X-Men. A lot of things, because I want to, like, buy, well, not that, like, some of the stuff you sort of run into, you're like, whoa, I should have been buying that. Not that the stuff I'm, like, reading on Marvel Unlimited is necessarily, like, subpar, but there's certain books I want to, I want to buy and I know are, are worth my money, so the other stuff just is Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Is that all we got? I think, yeah, I think I'm done. I have a lot of, like, stuff that I want to read but <laughs> and so oh I actually made a like a spreadsheet right and um 
like because I even have the link whenever I find an issue because I find it hard to find <laughs> issues. So I just save the link whenever um, I find it so I can go back to it. I have uh, Infinity Crusade, which is oh, yeah. the third um, Infinity. Like It was Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and Infinity Crusade. And just before Crusade, I stopped reading comics. I think that's one of our one of the other times that we moved. So whenever we moved, I just have to find a new comic book store. <laughs> so I reread that. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't great. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's nice to just read it, but like just to know where um, the characters ended up. But um, all right, it's it's fine. I also um, oh, I was gonna say most of the stuff that I have because I, I write the year as well on the spreadsheet. It's all between like two thousand two thousand ten that decade. Like I want to reread some ninety yep. stuff, but then when I think think about it, do I really want to? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's usually the stuff between the like in the two thousands. That I want to read. Maybe some, uh, like, I'll look for some 80s stuff. Um, oh, I think I told you about this, Andrew. Iron Fist, Immortal Iron Fist, <laughs> Immortal Iron Fist number 21, which is the Iron Fist 3099 yes. story. Oh, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I reread as well. I really like that story. I like the, like, the featuring Iron Fist's um like the the issues that just the kind of done in ones that feature different iron fists yeah iron fists of different eras and that um, immortal immortal weapons miniseries is really good too oh yeah you like dog brother number one <laughs> it's a good uh it's a good it's a good issue you got any plugs the the boob tube on the earth 2 network it's about tv and movies all right this was a lot of fun guys i guess we'll have to yeah. regroup like I don't know, month, Definitely. two months, three months, whatever. Yeah, to, let me know. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm like, I'm pumped up. I want to read some of the comics that you guys mentioned. Yeah, we'll, yeah, exactly. we'll schedule we some. Catch up uh, every every month. Hmm. Some sk- some required reading, and spotlight some Marvel on more Marvel Unlimited books for everyone, and then uh, we'll we'll reassemble this uh, Commonwealth of uh, Heroes. Unlimited. I thought it was gonna be Ultimate. Ultimate Comics to... Well, Unlimited Comics to Unlimited. Oh, un- Unlimited Comics, <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Commonwealth sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Alright, should we get started? I guess so. Let's do it. <laughs>